0: Yeah, and there we are. We are live. Checking to make sure we are actually live. You probably saw a clip of us messing around before I managed to throw up the um, <laughs> throw up the intro video. So just to show you, <laughs> what, we're, <Yeah. laughs> what we're really doing right before you see us live. All right, everybody, welcome to Bearded Drums Live Week Number Seven. Seven, seven. That's right. Um, thank you as always for everybody that is tuning in to us. Um We're so we're so rushed today. Now yeah. my head now I'm just now having time to slow down because we what do we start off with? Lunch. Yeah. And we had wonderful Chinese food and then we burst over to Hugh's house yep. to complete your uh what trade trade yeah what'd you trade him
1: uh that was it 50s renowned gretch uh for all that hardware that's right that's right yeah
0: and we played around with some snares and then we as usual when we get to hang out with drummers same thing that happened when we were hanging out with phil we're rushing back here both he and i look like we're doing our fantasy draft we're both writing furiously down in the (laughs) uh in the notebooks trying to you know get everything done and then you saw us Kind of screwing around before the show actually started when I hit the live button, yeah, and didn't realize the camera was on us. But anyway, we're here. It's six o'clock. It's late. Actually, it's six. We've been like six oh six by the time we started. So yeah, sorry everybody for being a few minutes late. Uh, as usual, we're yeah. running around and
1: close enough. These claws, <laughs> yeah. and then and all the stuff that we did at Hughes. We have we got that. a bunch.
0: Of, we got a, so much to show. You know, I, I see other podcasts do this all the time, and I think it's stupid. But we have. A massive show for you today yeah it's big. we have so many pictures we have so many videos we have new projects we have projects that aren't done we have the topic of the week so we're gonna go ahead and jump right, right into, into that um, and actually before we do I need to check this um, well I c- actually I can do it while you're uh, you're explaining your weekly so I got to get that guy's name that the restore guy yeah we got some cool stuff to show you today anyway so Week seven. Uh, how's your week been so far since I saw you on Sunday?
1: Uh, besides that silly power thing
0: at work, it's been pretty good. Um, and you've got all kinds of new stuff to play with. So and, much stuff, man. You know, same here, all kinds of new stuff. And uh, so, as usual, we're going to get into weekly projects brought to you by Steven and Jarrett. Um, so, Jarrett, while you're doing that, I'm going to hunt this guy's name down from the email, but go ahead and tell us. What you were working on this week, and give me cues so I can throw up your... I think I only have one picture, actually.
1: Yeah, go ahead and just throw that one up so I can...
0: And of course, because you took it in landscape, it turns it to the side. Okay, first off, rule, guys. Uh, when you're sending in <laughs> pictures to Bearded Drums, please shoot them in landscape, not vertical. When you shoot it in vertical, this is what happens, and it turns the the picture on the screen. Sorry. Yeah, uh, you're good, but... uh. Now now tell them about what your new toy is.
1: So that is a. Was that a 40s or 50s? I can't remember. Uh, I want to say it's 40s, right? 40s, I think. Yeah. 40s, Slingerland Radio King. It's a 14 by 26, 9 by 13, 12 by 14, not pictured. And then that's 16 by 16, and that's a a 5.5 by 14 snare. Um, The snare. Did not originally come with the kit, if I remember correctly, but it is technically the same finish, though you clearly see it is age different. Um, got that from a friend of mine, Lynn, who got that from our friend Hugh uh, like some odd five years or so ago. Um, it's a real sweet kit. It's got the light bulb and the kick drum, it's still got the calf head for the resonant side. Lynn bought a cafe for the batter, but I have yet to put it on because it sounds really good the way it is.
0: It is... I remember seeing that kit hanging out at Hugh's house before I met you. And not only was it played by a famous big band drummer and it has all the accoutrement that might come with a 40s slingerland in such good condition, I remember the snare. And I think that's even what I told you when the offer was presented to you I was like if you buy it for one thing buy it for that snare drum yeah and I in the video that I could not get to play because Jarrett's in it in vertical format um the snare drum sound I mean the whole thing sounded good but yeah. it, the, the 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 snare drum is quite remarkable and y'all can kind of see from the sideways picture it's got man it's 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 not like not the snare drum but the kit has faded almost perfectly even. Uh the snare drum is a little like more gold than the uh, the rest of the kit, but the the whole thing, the kit is pretty freaking even and everything on that kit works, even yeah. the hardware that I have for you in the back. Everything I did noticed worked. So, I mean, as of now are you happy with your
1: Oh yeah, I get to play all the old school big band and, and old trap set player beats and grooves it had to be sticky wicket basically yeah you Um,
0: sounded like a super like a ragtime drummer in the video you sent me oh yeah Um,
1: i'll have a better video for sure Uh,
0: well i'll tell you what keep talking about it and i will uh see if i can um if i can load up this thing and maybe show even though it'll be sideways they'll get to hear it
1: yeah Um, So, the cool thing with that kit is it has all the mufflers, all the bits and bobs. Um, If anyone's not super familiar with those style of kits, is that on them, like back in the day, you didn't have time mounts, per se. You had clips that would go on. And so, the way that you would attach all your accessories for your, your kit was you'd have clamps that would clamp on the bass drum hoop or they might have a mount drilled into the actual bass drum, but always off the bass drum. And so the f- nine by 12 and 12 by 14 both have these weird like, L-shaped clips that move and rotate, but one clips onto the bass drum and then the other one cl- is actually bolted into the tom itself so you can angle it and get it kind of where you want it. It's not gonna be perfect because if you're thinking you're gonna play those two toms, you're on a bass drum that's 26 inches. So you're either going from the far left all the, way to the far right, anything closer than that, you start getting playing like this. Um but it's a real sweet kit. Everything sounds really good on it. And it is a lot of fun to play. And it's just got and it and it sounds exactly what you think it sounds like. I mean it's it sounds like it's straight from the forties. You know, having all those
0: horns and cup mutes.
1: I mean it's it's killer. And it's a lot of fun to play.
0: Yeah, those big kits are a lot of fun to play. Um, so I'm going to play the clip now. Um, I'm going to check to make sure that the volume's down. So I'm going to pull the volume up once I start it. But you guys tell me if you see anything weird. So this, even though the video's going to be sideways, this is Jarrett, just what, from your phone? recording? Yeah, just noodling on my phone. Yeah, just noodling on the phone. This is him playing the... Uh, the slingman. All right, here we go. So y'all just tell me in the chat if it's not too loud, but I should be able to get it you know in into a good range. <laughs> direction. So that was Jarrett on his brand new slinger lens yeah um hopefully y'all could hear that all right i don't i didn't see anybody weigh in on the chat whether it was too loud or um so that was a good pickup i mean i know you had to get quite a rid of a few what a couple of what'd you have to trade for that a couple of snare yeah drum. so
1: i gave Lin, i had two of lynn's old snare drums the first one he ever restored the white marine pearl yeah yeah that Hugh had in the video and then that um but I got, I guess, a year and a half ago. Let's say, also, it's another Slingerland Jean Creeper model, uh, five and a half by fourteen, chrome over brass. So, so
0: two snares. Oh, a, what a Tama kit!
1: Yeah, it was that my grandma got from a, from one of my sister. Like, so my oldest sister, aunt, and cousin are all like a year or two apart. So one of their high school friends in band, um, they went through and uh his wife was getting rid of a bunch of his stuff and he was like well i don't play drums anymore and so i got my grandma got the kit for me for 50 bucks nice so
0: so a kit a couple of snares and some cash and you got yourself the mm, the kit of all sticky wicket kits for sure yeah the
1: creme de la creme for sure and yeah. i got all the little bits and bobs and doodads yeah now, so it's gonna be
0: what about i saw that was a good question right there at the bottom not spencer but we'll get to you in a minute spencer
1: let's see was that an ed shaughnessy lick uh you could probably call it an ed lick but it's really phil basically me just ripping on gene krupa sing 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 yeah yeah because that's what it sounded like yeah
0: i mean well at least that means they could uh you can hear it it good so uh, even though i'm sure that looked terrible on stream uh at least you could hear it. You could yeah. see me screwing around with it on screen. But that's that, the most important part. Yeah, as long as it, it sounds good. Even though, and I remember from the video that you know even it was just a phone. It still sounded good. Yeah. Um. So, and you're what now putting the lacquer on the kit? You're refinishing.
1: Correct. I'm two coats out of three in, and then after that, it'll be sitting on the sideline until I have the money for hardware because that's the most expensive part. It's probably going to cost me. Like seven hundred bucks Ugh. in parts alone, because that's all your screws, that's all your lugs. Yeah, every like last hoops. I got heads for days. It's just it's yeah. the
0: other parts that lugs and tension rods and yeah. hoops and spurs. And, and
1: those everything. are all in demand, and they're all short right now too.
0: Yeah, no, I'm with you. That's gonna be uh, that's gonna be an undertaking, but it'll be cool. So a brand new kit that's playable and a kit that's getting close.
1: Oh, and I also that snare drum I got on reverb too. Oh, that's right. Tell them about that. I totally yeah. forgot that you also picked got, up got a two thousands. Uh... I want to say that's 2000s. Um, no, 90s. 90s, sorry, 90s. it's two thousands. No nineties. Nineties. Sorry, nineties. Say nineties. Gretsch USA custom, five and a half by fourteen in black nitron, pretty clean. The description was weird because the guy goes, uh, he's a teacher and he's upgrading his. His, yeah,
0: you're upgrading from a USA Custom Gretsch.
1: I don't know how, I mean, I, don't, I guess you're going like a Craviato after that point. I don't know what's considered an upgrade from literally the flagship
0: of Gretsch drums. But, I mean, hey, whatever floats your boat. Well, either way, it's a cool black-looking USA snare, so that's going to be uh, you, that, Actually, you and Hugh both get your n- new snares Monday together. Yep. Jared gets his Gretsch USA Custom and Hugh for his birthday picked up a Gretch.
1: I want to say it was a broadcaster. Was it a broadcaster? I think it is.
0: Either that or a, I can't remember if it was a Dixieland, but either way, he picked up a nice little vintage drum uh, for his birthday. So hopefully we'll get to show you that next week. Um, Speaking of next
1: week, next week's show will be on a Monday since I'll be working on Thursday. Yes.
0: Make a note of that for everybody watching and everybody watches this after the fact. Um, thank you for reminding me. Jared's schedule did change. So next week will be Monday, and I think what we might have to do, um, I like it being live, but we might have to record a couple and just put them in the can. So if you miss out and we can't do a day, yeah, we'll just it won't be live. Y'all can still comment, but uh, we'll be able to at least have you a show. So yeah, but at least for next week, um, we're going to go live on Monday, yeah, as opposed to Thursday. But you still will get your live show for that week. It'll be the same time, six
1: standard central.
0: Yes, and as usual, please remember that, obviously, we are live here on YouTube every week, normally at 6 on Thursdays. Next week will be 6 on Monday, but normally Thursdays. But remember, if you want to hear the audio-only version of the podcast, you can check us out on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Just simply search Bearded Bearded Drums. Drums. So... You don't want to eat up on data costs or as usual, like I like to do when you're working on a project, if you just want to hear our stupid voices, go to the podcast and listen from, you know, those two platforms. You can get the audio only version. Yep. Um, so anything else that you've got going on this week? Uh, no, that's it. I mean, I saw the symbols today and that's that's right. Yeah, you got rid of some
1: symbols. Yeah, I got rid of a bunch. And that's covering the rest. It's,
0: be- it's busy over here in bearded land. Yeah, it is. Like, we are we are kicking chicken yeah um, so you sold some stuff and then you pick some stuff. yeah
1: up. <laughs> still selling more stuff so if anyone out there is interested in anything i will mention it at the very end i'll I'll just put you know what i'll just put it in, in the comments once this video gets done i'll just comment on the video saying there you go. if anyone's interested yeah here you go yeah and then i'll leave my contact
0: information Cool. The Works internet, for me. The internet version. And remember also that Jarrett is handling the Bearded Drums Facebook page. So if you want to interact with Jarrett, maybe discuss topics for another podcast, or if you just want to ask general questions, whatever, just search Bearded Drums on Facebook, and you can go to the fan page that Jarrett handles for me. Um, Spencer, Spencer saying, and we're back. Yes, we were a little late this week, Spencer. I am sorry, but we are here. We we both are glad y'all are joining us again as usual. Um. Oh there's Phil He said it sounded good Like sing 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 um, Oh that was Phil that asked about Ed Shaughnessy I didn't even look at the yeah. name I just looked at the comment Yep. Glad Phil is with us as usual um, And Charlie All the way far away from where he is Is saying evening chaps So good to see you as well um, So that's Jarrett's little wrap up for the week Myself I am so glad to be done I'm So, I don't want to say I'm tired because it's all fun, but, I mean, you helped out with a lot of that stuff, too, and it was a lot of work between two snare drums and that orphan drum set. Yeah. Um, I'm glad to be done for a little while and maybe just get to play with some stuff instead of having to lacquer or screw or mount or file down. Because
1: I'm watching old... crappy movies and
0: steven's
1: (laughs) like oh check this out yeah yeah, i'm like a flurry (laughs) of
0: pics get sent to Jarrett around what 2 a.m yeah 2 or 3 i've been finishing up every morning around 4 and 5 a.m
1: i'm getting ready to go to bed so i'm winding down and yeah yeah. he's sending me everything like I'm either, 16 or, coats of lacquery, yeah. one
0: more question mark but like I think it looks
1: fine Steven it's drum world over here <laughs> we got lacquer we got
0: I mean it's it's pretty cut. Con- so I'm glad to be done um, but I do get to show you you guys some stuff um, from what I've got finished so first off I think I'll show just the orphan kit um, this kit was um, a 16 by 14 inch marching pearl marching bass drum Jarrett gave me a uh, 12 by 6 or 6.5. Yeah. Or 5.5. Sure. We'll call, yeah, we'll call it 5.5. 12 by 5.5. It was a snare shell, but it had these cool Yamaha style wood hoops. So I got to use. I wanted the whole thing to be wood hoop to go with the, sh- the snare that I showed last week, the single tension. So that has wood hoops. The 12 has wood hoops. I traded Jarrett some stuff for his Ludwig, like the typical marching snare that you see everybody has that. Uh, Has the wood hoops, that's 14 by 12,
1: Mm, I think it's 10,
0: 10. 14 by 10 Ludwig marching snare, that's the floor tom, so it's 16, 12, 14, Um, and I think I got the pick right here, look at that thing came out, if I do say so myself, pretty freaking clean, Yeah. like the floor tom doesn't match the kit perfectly, but I could care less, because it's all wood hooped. Uh, the two drums, like the Tom and the bass drum, I finished myself. I did the stain work, and I did the lacquer work, and it is shining, oh yeah, uh, came out really good. Um, we had some issues with finicky tuning the first night we got to play it, but by oh, the yeah. end of the night, Jarrett, um Jarrett and I kind of switching up back and forth almost every song, got the uh, got right, the tuning tom. right. yeah, um, and uh, and it's in here right now. we're staring we're looking right at the drum set. Um, came out really good, and that was a minimal investment. I mean, I had the bass drum. I traded you for the floor tom. Um, I you just gave me the tom, so I didn't have yeah. to come out pocket anything. Literally, all that I came out of pocket for for that whole build was the ten nine ninety five for the lacquer. Yeah, I had the stain, so that whole drum set right there literally cost me ten sixty seven. Yeah, or whatever with tax. So. Not a bad little pickup. Eat
1: your heart out, David Ralph.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) That's R. David R.'s real name. Yes, if anybody doesn't know R. David R.
0: But yes, came out really cool. Sounds really cool. I'm going to take it out uh, this weekend and play it. Um, Changed up the front head on it, so maybe it'll sound a little little different. Um, But that was for the investment of a can of lacquer. I got a little orphan drum set now that's basically the same thing as the Midtown. Yep. Um, But, you know, be a good little beater. Um also we had two snare drum builds in the works and I think I actually forgot to upload pics of the turquoise one which is fine we'll just yeah. show that next week but I do have a video no the turquoise one is in the video so Jarrett and I mentioned that we got Chinese and yep. I can see it in Jarrett's eyes cuz he's kind of sluggish <laughs> He's kinda he's kind of hanging in there. you can tell he's t- what time did you start this morning? I got
1: up at nine, which means I went to bed at six. so three hours went to mobile, um, sold that guy those symbols, made that money,
0: which is about an hour away.
1: yeah and then because I literally I drove, dropped him off, chatted for about ten minutes, and then drove right back over here. Picked up dry cleaning and
0: then boom! It was time to go to go to Stevens to eat. So you got here about what three, three. and then we raced over to Hughes. To Hughes, yeah. Um, now what you're going to see is the clip of us at Hughes playing on Hughes drum kit. Jarrett had made his trade his snare drum for all that uh, slingerland uh, '40s hardware. And I had my two snares with me. The first one you're going to see is the two or the, yeah, the two and three quarters by 14 inch maple super piccolo. Yeah. And I do mean super piccolo because you might be able to tell by the video, the hoops clear the lugs by literally
1: about a nose hair.
0: Yeah. Like literally maybe two or maybe three millimeters. Like, and it's the tension I would like. Um, but I let Hugh play it because it's kind of got a, like a buddy rich super piccolo kind of sound yeah. like it would be played in, in 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 bop or um so let me put this up this is hugh playing that and i'll try to see if i can pause it before it goes into the uh the big 16 inch field snare so here's that nope that is not it that is Jarrett. this is it. So, I hope the volume was good on all of that for you. I know the front ones you probably could hear. So, the first one you saw that teal colored drum was the two and three quarter super piccolo by 14 inches, and the second one was the one I showed you guys last last week. That massive, we think it's a Lion Healy, yeah. Um, but either way, it's like a 1900 maybe to 1910, even maybe more likely pre 1900 16 inch field snare, yeah. Um Took a lot of work um, to get it like ready to go. Jarrett and I had to do a bunch of repair work on the rims. You did a lot of that actually, shoving the uh, our little concoction of Hughes' design, which is one third wood glue, two thirds wood putty, to make a very fine pu- pudding like yeah. consistency. And Jarrett um, filled in all of the edge cracks on the rim. And then I went back uh, later on in the week and filled uh, on the inside between the, the the reinforcing ring and the shell. So we got all that done. Then I had to take the drum back to Hugh's house to let him true the drum back up on you know flat, and then redo the edges by hand. And then we installed the uh, throw off, put everything together, got everything together at Hugh's house, and realized on the snare side of one of the wood hoops there wasn't a deep enough indentation cut for the snare strings to come through, so I had to go back, take it apart. About last night, around 2 o'clock a.m., I was done. Um, Got the drum up to tension. Sounds great. Um, You heard Hugh doing, like, a backbeat on it, and then Jarrett did a backbeat on it, and then Hugh did a really nice... We got to watch the whole thing. You just saw a clip of playing brushes to... Uh, a a slow ballad number. Um, Drums sounded really good with brushes in the room. Oh, yeah. Um, So the drum came out really good. More than 100-year-old. I'm going to take that. We're going to be playing that Sunday. Yeah. And, like, we're going to put it in. It might be made for a rag band or Civil War field marching, but we're going to play... I'm rock and roll with it.
1: Oh, yeah. Heart of Glass is coming <laughs> That's right. for sure. That's
0: right. With the fattest snare. I mean, the audio you heard was a mic that mounts on top of the camera. So I will be doing regular Bearded Drums videos on both snares. They were both. One was a restoration, basically. The other one was a full custom build. So in the weeks upcoming, you will see a video about each of the ones and how, you know, I went through each step. Um, so be looking out for those. Um, But between the orphan kit, the teal snare, the field snare, I'm done. I cleaned the workshop. I vacuumed. I wiped everything down. It does not smell like lacquer in my house anymore.
2: That was a nice smell. Yeah.
0: So I'm done, and I've got stuff to play with, Um, although I have all that stuff. It's for sale on eBay. So every time I sell a couple of Sabians, I can afford a brand-new Istanbul and I had a payment clear today, so I'll be ordering in those Istanbul exist 15 inch hats coming up soon. Yeah. And then I'll have my complete set of Istanbul's multiple crashes, two sets of hi hats, a nice ride. Um, so, but I'm done for a little while.
1: <laughs> I just got to get some stuff sold as well. Yeah. If you guys want me to buy Mike Malone's Moon, moon Glow, Satin Flame, I need you to buy my <laughs> Yamaha Absolute Maple Custom uh, for twelve hundred and buy my D W Collectors for twelve hundred. Yeah, and if
0: you are interested, I mean, I'm, I'll throw you a bone. Like, if y'all have been looking for any gear, Jarrett's selling a bunch of stuff right now. And yep. if you contact him on the Bearded Drums page at Facebook, I'm sure he just might have either a vintage piece or a new piece that you're interested in. Yep. Um, so contact him; you might get a little uh, cool piece of gear yeah the deal um so that's our week um it's been a busy week yeah i'm tired because every like i said every night's been four o'clock in the morning my hands are all beat up i nick myself with the drill that was gross (laughs) yeah it's gross um so i'm done i'm taking a breath it's going to be tomorrow just back to practicing you know getting ready for the weekend and then i'll see you on sunday so that's our week Hope you enjoyed the picks and the video, and of course, the great Hugh Barlow giving us some demonstrations on some vintage drums. Well, this is episode seven, so we said around episode ten, we were gonna
2: bring some folks on. Bring
0: some folks on, and Hugh is probably gonna be one of the first ones. So you will be seeing him soon, very soon, probably talking about all the great stories he has, and it's got tons and vintage gear, and it's 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 gonna that podcast for sure. Um, be looking out for that one It's going to go more than two hours I know Yeah
1: Because he, he can talk for a while And then plus he has stories On stories Yeah like good
0: stories And then we say You know it's gonna That's probably I wouldn't be surprised If that wasn't a three hour episode
1: Um like a three part series With all yeah, he Yeah really Because like True Because he got his early years And then you got all of his Grad stuff Yeah And then Well I guess you could probably consider that And then you got his post grad Whenever he was doing The The Playboy Club everything else and then you got the whole miami scene yeah i mean uh the Uh, fort tampa Tampa, yeah tampa tampa scene. scene
0: Yeah, it's god it's a lot so be looking out for that that's going to be a lot of fun as well as all the other local guys drummers or not that we are going to bring on the air so that wraps up our week now it is time to what is probably going to be the largest portion of today's show because you guys are killing it with the stuff you are sending in i got stuff from joshua breslow i got stuff from mike malone i've got stuff from drake manning um i couldn't even fit there weren't enough slots in the media player for the switcher to load up everybody's photos so i had to like cut a couple from each person's um so we got a bunch to show you today and keep in mind every week we do feature your guys projects or you know, you play, whatever really doesn't matter. So you can always send that stuff to all lowercase bearded drums at gmail.com. If you have a drum that's finished and you want to show it off, or if you've got a project you just started, or if you want to show the whole thing, just shoot me some landscape shot photos. That means you're turning your phone sideways, not up and down to all lowercase bearded drums at gmail.com. And we will feature it here on the show. Yes, so sir. Um, let's cue up the first ones, which are going to be all the stuff from Joshua Bristow, And he has, I mean, that's what Josh said in the first email, that this is pretty much what he does. It's like uh, recovers and, you know, uh, soups up drum sets. And he has a bunch of stuff and he has more stuff to show us. So the first shot we have is this really beautifully bright red, Um, which you may not notice the coolest part about this kit um, before I show you the next photo. But off the bat, obviously, it's very striking, but look what he's got on the bass drum. It's kind of like a pair of leather pants or something. Um, Let me see if I can find a closer shot. There, look at that. It's corduroy pants. That's neat. (laughs) That's cool. That's really cool. Like if you had a, uh, a specialized theme band... Or like you played in like what they what they call the junk bands, or like yeah. even like a ragtime band. Yeah, that would look spot on.
1: And I like how it's also in the inlays for the hoop too, for the bass drum.
0: Yeah, like that's really cool, Josh. Like I'll go back to a bigger photo. That's a really cool setup. It's very eye catching. It's you know you've set it off with the tom mount on the floor tom the leg mount and the red wood block and the red stick like the whole thing is uh that's pretty color coordinated oh yeah (laughs) and i think if i didn't show this one maybe the next one is also or if it's not yeah so look at that's like some really cool work i can't tell did he also do it on all the drums is that like red velvet i believe so is he answering us in the uh no um but yeah, or yeah, hit us in the chat if you're here, Josh. Uh I can see that it's pants on the top of the bass drum, like corduroy pants. Did you also do like really thin red velvet on the drums? That's what it looks like, and the bass drum head now that I'm looking at it. Yeah. Um, so super cool kit from Josh. There it is. Uh very nice job. Apparently Josh does this constantly because he's always sending in cool, like not just I'm gonna go get some. Pearl wrap drum set. I'm going to, I'm going to do something super cool, but jeans on it. That's right, man. Um, and then I think I have, that's that one. And then I have this, this one I thought was really cool. Well, so that's the ruler one. That's the ruler one. That is so neat to me because you'll see here in a second on the next pick. I think, um, like on the floor, Tom, he used, my grandpa had these. I wonder if there's a closer picture. Yeah. Those like yardsticks that fold out in six inch increments. Yeah. My grandpa had those. That's what's basically in the center. That is so cool. And like reminds me of my grandpa's workshop in his house. Like always had like really cool old tools. um, But that is kind of what that reminds me of. Like there's also like regular rulers and yardsticks. But those like foldable measuring sticks remind me of my grandpa. (laughs) <laughs> i'm just thinking
1: about like how much time
0: yes really it, did it take
1: well the good thing is is that it's pretty easy to cut and measure all your rulers because i mean they're already marked so
0: waga 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 <laughs> good one jared but no yeah that that would have taken <laughs> a long time to do I Even think, i think it came out
1: and even and i guess he's got probably that um uh, what's it like taylor's tape for the the inlay for the hoops, I'm I'm guessing. Oh
0: yeah 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 like uh yeah yeah like the you know for measuring your your clothes shirt, yeah. measurements. That's real. That came out super cool looking, and he's got it like with the rustic background in the photo with the with the uh, the wagon behind it. Like it's oh, yeah. perfectly themed. So apparently Josh is like the king of themed drum sets. Yeah. Um, was, my yeah. hats off to you because everything that you've sent us. Has been strikingly different because, like, one was the USA kit, then the beer bottle cap kit. Yep. Now we've got the yardstick measuring, you know, kit and the corduroy. And like, I've used every fabric I could get my hands on, so that's pretty cool. Like, Josh, you ought to, uh, you ought to look into like being a drum set builder for Hollywood movies, like when they need a stylized. Yeah. You know, because a lot of times you'll see, like, the like those studios have, like, a drum set they just keep in the closet for when they have to yeah, put it in the shot. But I would imagine, not, not like L.A., but, like, they shoot movies all over the country. I bet you there's a lot of times where people will be looking for, like, a specifically themed drum set. Yeah. You ought to look into that, my friend. Josh, you might just become super rich on what is a great idea. Um, so, anyway, back to... There is the wonderful red kit with the corduroy and velvet inlay. And then we have the, I don't know what I'd call that. The measuring kit.
1: I have something really nerdy. Say it. The (laughs) one kit to rule them
0: all. Oh, I got, (laughs) I got your pun there. There you go, Josh. That is the, that is what you named that drum set. The one (laughs) kit to rule (laughs) them them all. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. <laughs> J. Mark bending. <laughs> yes. Um, so that is all of Joshua Breslow stuff. Thank you, Josh, for sending that in. Now, uh, we've shown him, or we've featured him a couple of times here on the episodes. Uh, Mr. Mike Malone, who has a wonderful drum channel here on YouTube. Just search Mike Malone Drums, and it'll take you straight to him. Um, he's done a couple of really cool, or he did one really cool drum cover with the Anderson Pack and... Um, Bruno Mars tune. Yeah. And then he said he was going back to do
1: the intro to the record, how to do that
0: one. Yeah. So he's got two cool videos up with that new Anderson Pack album. Um, really good drum channel. He did a cool compare, or not a comparison, but uh, what was it on a Gretsch, the drum kit video? The Broadcaster. The Broadcasters. And I mean, just a really good channel. So search Mike Malone Drums on uh, YouTube. Go check him out. But he sent me pictures of his drum set this past week and I even told him in the email I was like it is the most beautiful color it's awesome sizes Um, Mike if you are watching live because I don't have the email in front of me if you will just go down to the chat and type in the sizes of the drums while we talk about your kit that would be helpful Um, but anyway so here is Mike Malone's this is the little kit he built himself I am absolutely in love with this not only is he super cool and has bosphorus symbols. Which, word up to you, my friend. I play Bosphorus as well. It's the, the creme de la creme de la creme de la creme.
1: De la creme. Oh wait, I thought you were in Istanbul. Man. I am an Istanbul guy. But that. if you
0: know anything about that part of the world, they all intermingle between the companies and the family. So it's the same thing. Well, I, I just know that I live in Istanbul. Now it's Constantinople. Now it's Istanbul. It was Constantinople. And you live over here in America. So you can have all your American stuff. I'll take the Istanbul stuff deal that's fine and you can have all this you can take all this over here I'm gonna live over there and you live over here and you just leave me alone that means I get
1: the pearl brass right because it
0: gets you said everything that's fine all right I'll take all the stuff from over there you get the side of the pond and just leave me alone deal (laughs) so anyway um, beautiful kit I love your logo on the kit there did he weigh in with the sizes yet or is he even here kick drum
1: is 7 by 18, rack is 6 by 12 and the floor tom is 10
0: by 14 it is awesome, look at that stacked up, it can't be you could probably find, or that take that pearl bag I have for the midtown, I bet you all that would fit in there, probably um, that is awesome looking I, again Mike, I really love the finish um, your stain work came out really nice, look at that one rock and roller cart, plus a sub, and he is ready to roll what is that drum on top yeah what is that mike let us know what that drum that's uh sitting on top of everything is because i can see obviously everything else your hardware bag your snare but what is that is it like a little auxiliary tom or something like that but that's cool looking but again i think this kit is just really really pretty um it came out really nice i love the lugs i love that finish and of course jared and i both like tiny drum sets yeah Super cool and a good symbol setup, man. You got a nice, uh, a nice rig there.
1: Oh yeah. Nice. He's also rocking the DW six thousands word word.
0: Yes. Love the stuff. Love the white with And Like I said, you know, you can see here, that's, that's his complete pack up. And I've done a video that was similar to show how to get your entire rig on a rock and roller cart. And man, let me tell you, it is a lifesaver. I'm sure Mike will attest to being able to get everything in like that. Um, Jared's over here yawn, and he's so sleepy.
1: That's fine. <laughs> this is the life I chose. This
0: is the life you live. So, again, Mike, thank you for sending that in. Um, always good to share your stuff. And then I think all we have left is Mr. Drake Manning. Now, Drake Manning messaged you on the, face, uh, the Bearded Drums Facebook page? Correct. Um, wanted to get in touch with us and had, you know, our channel got recommended to him, which is awesome. Um, and he does like rest, like literal restoration work. And the website, hope I don't get this wrong, correct me if I do, is vintagefmdrums.com. Just like the radio, FM, w, I would imagine it's www.vintagefndrums.com. I went there and he's got an article up about how he refinished a Gretsch name brand kit. Um, you saw the pictures. It was wrecked. Those okay. seams were so bad. Yeah. Um, and then after the after pictures were super. Super killer. surprised.
1: It was the yeah. same drum because in the in the article, it said that he didn't rewrap. That's the original rap. Yeah. Right? He
0: said he had to fix the inlays on the hoops alone, and the wrap that we saw that was on the you know on the tom or the bass or whatever show that was absolutely wrecked, and the after you know the after effects were just
1: you could shove a sock underneath that seam it was lifted that high yeah
0: and when he got done i'm telling you man it looked as close to brand new
1: look really really good
0: um so mike apparently or uh drake sorry uh apparently does like literal restoration work and it looks like he's got a good handle on what he's doing Um, so do go check out his website vintagefmdrums.com and he sent in a picture not of that kit but if you want to you can go see it at his website but he showed um, he sent me some pictures of a I want to say he said it was a 67 Superphonic he's been working on Um, so and I also want to say he said somebody sent this to him or he found it Um, but here's a picture of like you know what would be the the Very typical before Jared, your drum doesn't it kind of look like that with the pitting on the shell?
1: Yeah, but mine looks way worse than this. Yeah,
0: well, I'm just saying it seems like the yeah, they always seem to have a problem with that chrome on it's, those superphonics sticking.
1: It's probably whatever because it doesn't aluminum not take anything to begin with, isn't it? A pretty repulsive, I think
0: so. And then and also the Ludalloy, their specific it's aluminum, even, yeah. might even be worse for chrome adhering to it. But those are pictures of the drum he is look at that. Good lord. So Mike uh being a restorer, you look like you have uh your work cut out for you in this uh in this build.
1: God, I should send to mine super sensitive and see yeah. if he can yeah.
0: Uh, you think this one looks bad, Drake? The one that Jared has is so messed up. I'll give you a run for your money. (laughs) Um, and then this is the, okay, so now here's after, so here is what it looked like before. And this is just after I would imagine him just cleaning the hardware. It looks almost brand new. Um, Like, really good job. Obviously, there's some little scratches and scuffs you just can't take out, but that looks like, you know, brand new. So, yeah, that
1: polished up real nice. And I
0: think that was the last photo he sent me in the email. I don't think there was a full, I don't think he's done yet. Um, But also, like I said, if you do want to go check out vintagefmdrums.com, I think he basically does a blog like weekly on whatever project he's working on. And that name band kit from Gretsch is on there. And I guess this is his current project, so like a literal restore, like bringing drums back to life, like it's and it seems like he really has a, a handle on how to do it. Yeah, um, you've done good with cleaning up vintage drums, and I know it's a pain in the butt. I always say I like them to look original, which is really just code for I don't want to clean. Yeah,
1: because <laughs> you got to be real careful, because because the minute you touch something, wrong. It's game over, man. I like all
0: my drums to look raw and authentic, which is, you know, I'm just lazy. It's fine. Yeah, just say it. (laughs) I'm fine. I'm fine with it. Every drum, every vintage drum I have, I never clean them. You know, the one drum I got from you is clean because you probably cleaned it. Um, Light dusting. So thank you to everybody for sending in your picks. um, Joshua, Mike Malone, and Mr. Drake Manning at VintageFMDrums.com. Awesome projects all around. Uh, I think we can all admit Joshua is probably the most creative theme drum set creator we've seen. Uh, Great work from Mike. Oh, yeah. Like that was some really good craftsmanship. And then Mr. Drake Manning, who brings all these vintage pieces back to life. Um, Go check out his website. And then, as usual, if you want us to show something here on the live stream, bearded drums at gmail.com. Just send in some pics shot landscape not vertical and uh we'll feature them here on the show
1: on the show
0: That's right Mr. tired man Mr. weepy eyes Sorry That's all right I don't care um I'm st- I'm still going to keep you here Yeah I'm I'm not I, You're not getting out of class early buddy I'm
1: not I never never said I would
0: Um I'm keeping you here all night Uh do we have uh anybody weighing in on the chat before we uh move Let,
1: on Let's see Uh Phil said that that your kit looks beautiful. Thank you, sir. Richie she said nicely done. As clean as your beard line. Mike Malone digs your orphan kit. And then he said everyone buy my drums so everyone buy my drums so I can buy his drums so then in return Mike can buy someone else's. There you go.
0: Buy Jarrett's drums so Jarrett can, can buy, buy Mike's drums things. so Mike, Mike can, can buy your drums. Possibly uh, your, your drums. Um, and go on eBay and buy all my cymbals so that I can get new cymbals and you'll get a cymbal and everybody, you know, everybody just buy everybody's stuff. Yeah. And we can all just, it's a big circle of snare drums and kits and cymbals <laughs> just trading around the country. We're going to create our own like, so the the family grows railroad system of oh. inter-switching drum parts.
1: Oh goodness. you <laughs> said you can put a drum key in that pants pocket. That would be pretty cool.
0: Very good. I, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> you can put your wallet. You can, you know, so you don't sit on your wallet. wallet. You, you your take your wallet, wallet out of the back pocket and put it in the back pocket of the drum. That's I'm a it. genius.
1: That's it. Um, Josh says all the drums are corduroy. Took six months. Dang. Ooh, that's some work. Let's see. Josh, did I spot a Maynard's yardstick on there? Looks like we're 11% buddies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know
0: what that means. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? No, no, I don't. Um, what is uh, so a
1: Maynard's can... yardstick? I guess it's a particular one. It's probably like a shop from where they're from, I'm guessing. Let um, me go back to
0: his still. No, wrong one. I can't see. Maybe it was the closer Tom. I want to know what this Maynard is. Because now, tell us, my friend, is that what it's co- is that what we're calling about the the folding measuring stick? Yeah. Is that what that's called? Is a Maynard stick? Explain. Please explain to us in the chat. We are not smart men.
1: We're not. We're from Mississippi. <laughs> we're only given so much to work with. Let's see. Mike Malone said that drums a tip jar. I cut down from an acrylic octabon. Awesome. Super dope. And then Josh said that was beautiful, Mike. And then see, my manners is why I survived the pandemic. Eleven percent of all the weeks, it's got to be okay. It's got to be something. Um, let's see, Spencer said Todd Shukerman has been inspiring me lately. Definitely know he's doing that masterclass stuff on Dremio, so you should definitely check that out, Spencer. I know he's yeah, been doing I mean, a anything. lot of stuff with them because he's one of their coaches. Yeah, bringing you the knowledge. You get Todd. You get Doc. You get um. What is his name? Who plays for Snarky Puppy? Louis oh, uh, Larnell.
2: Yeah, Larnell uh, Lewis.
1: Yeah, Lewis. <laughs> Lewis Larnell <laughs> Lewis. Louis uh, Larnell. Larnell Lewis. I want to say Sarah Thrower.
0: Oh yeah, you know she's yeah yeah. yeah yeah she's for on sure. There. Um, that woman—they're I always killing it. Oh though. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I can see why uh, you could be getting into Todd Zuckerman. That's that's a that's a rabbit hole in and of itself. Yeah. To go down with all the stuff he teaches. Like. And he's very
1: tasteful for being a rock drummer. Yeah, no, he's always some people been think, yeah. A player's player, yeah. for
0: sure. Um, you know.
1: See, Charlie says Chrome on aluminum will Chrome on aluminum always will flake. Same issues with Premiere two thousand, Beverly Cosmic Twenty One, and all the other drums of that era. Let's see, Josh Breslow said I recently bought a drum from Bryce. Uh I won't 1960s MIJ snare drum did an incredible job on the restoration he's a real craftsman sorry I meant Drake oh so I meant to say Drake did that did something for him that's cool uh, Maynard's is a home and improvement store in the Midwest save big money at Maynard's you guys miss <laughs> out south in the south okay well you have Maynard's we got Harbor Freight
0: yeah we have Harbor Freight and true value oh yeah <laughs> I cool. like read that again you almost read it like a plug for oh. Maynard's
1: <laughs> Maynard's is a home improvement store in the Midwest. Save big money at Maynard's. You guys are missing out in the South.
0: There, See? <laughs> there is your plug for Maynard's right there. Maynard's, you're welcome. That was a free plug for you. You should be sponsoring us, and Jared should be doing your reads. <laughs> yeah,
1: Send, send all, uh, everything to me. I'll send you my direct deposit line. Um, let's see. Mike says, y'all gotta learn how to pronounce it. How do you not, I mean, Maynard's. Maynard's. Maynard's? 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 I don't like that. That sounds dirty. (laughs) Maynard's. Um, Oh, oh, here it is. So Maynard's is a hardware store that I can't (laughs) be driven up over. Read it like an ad. Maynard's is a hardware store here in the Midwest. It always offers an 11% rebate on everything you buy there. Oh, nice. Solid. Home Depot and Lowe's are second tier to the great Maynard's. We have Harbor Freight and True Value, not as great. You take that back. Hey, you take
0: that back. We are in the South, and we are impoverished, and they don't give us cool stores. So Mm -hmm. it's either Harbor Freight for cheap power tools or True Value for all the weird screws that you need to build drums with.
1: Yeah, nothing else.
0: Like short attention rods, they have always had the weirdest Mm -hmm. sizes, nuts and screws and bolts that I've always needed. Even like some of the symbol um, rivets have come from there. Um i've gotten parts to do single tension drums like they always that's all we are blessed with. We don't have like a cool regional uh I wish we did yeah have like a regional hardware store, but no we don't have anything super cool like your maynards let's see.
1: Mike says, think Nards like Maynards.
0: Oh, Maynards.
1: No, it's Maynards. Oh, Maynards. It's, it's, we're from the South. It's Maynards. It's Maynards, man. M-A-Y-N-E-D-R-S. Like that Maynard, Maynard boy from Tool. Maynards, exactly.
0: You got to remember, it's just like that Maynard boy from Tool. You know, plays that one, you know. You know that bald-headed guy, that boy, he, he up on stage, he just always, man, he's just so angry. He just screaming in that mic, but I like that Maynard boy
1: i can't think of any lines in their songs that are appropriate because pro- to... everything else i know is yes. will be demonetized
0: yeah. uh, are we caught up yeah that's it nice um well thank you guys for weighing in <laughs> as usual um that that's everybody that's all our weekly you know projects that is all of the stuff you send in so thank you as usual, for sending in your stuff, and always send us more stuff anytime you want to show off a drum. That's what we're here for. I think. Oh, yeah. And, and I'm going to get it set up to where we can possibly do videos here soon, because um, of the video that of Hugh, that went off fine, so I think even if guys start sending in short clips, we could probably handle that as well. Yeah. So always send us in your stuff. Um, but today, we are going to go ahead and get into the main topic of discussion, and this is going to be one of those times where we really need y'all to weigh in yeah. on the chat because you're going to have... Your opinions. Yeah, well, you might even have some really great ideas. Yeah. Um, as opposed to the ones that you know we, we're going to go with. Um, so today we're talking about... Underrated drummers. That's right. Or I guess you could say most underrated drummers. But, you know, those killer players out there whether they're just a drummer like on Instagram or YouTube just like a drummer's drummer or if they're with a band, you yeah. know. Any of those players that you know can kill it in the studio, they can kill it live or they're great for a clinic, you know, just those guys that really don't get the recognition they that they deserve. And I'm only going to place one caveat on this discussion because it will just spiral down into a rabbit hole of arguments. We're not going to talk about Ringo. Yeah. Like guys will argue that Till the end of time, you know, whether he was great, whether he was awesome, whether he was terrible, whether he was just the perfect drummer for the Beatles and maybe not a great drummer. That all aside, we'll we'll leave the Ringo discussion for another, another day, day just by itself. Um, so let's talk about any other drummer that, you know, you guys might think is, you know, extremely underrated. Uh, I guess we could just go back and forth. You have one that you I have got. I got I made a little list. I did not make a list, but I just know the guy's you know, in my head. So you go, you've got more research involved. You go, you go first. Yeah, I made a little list. Uh, but just go for like, j- just do one and then I'll do one.
1: Okay. Um. So the one that we mentioned on Sunday is Patrick Wilson, who plays for Weezer and also filled in for the band called The Rentals.
0: Yes. And super clean drummer. Oh, yeah. Um, whether, you, whether you like Weezer or not, kind of like the dave matthews thing it's like that's not really that's not the issue that guy is super clean and he has like catchy drum he doesn't always play the money beat yeah like he'll he'll always kind of have like a creative way you know and i would say weezer songs aren't known for being super complicated no but he always had good feel um he was always super clean and I would hope he was one of those guys that like was good enough where they like use him in the studio, too. Because you know a lot of times they sub out the drummer yeah. in the studio, but I would imagine he's one of those guys that's like, no, he can handle the studio gig just as well as the tour.
1: Like One of my favorite clips of him is they're playing live, I think it was like 2015, and someone threw a Frisbee, and he caught the Frisbee but never dropped a beat. Nice. Still played the hits. And he just sits in the back, and what I was thinking about whenever I mentioned him was like, When you listen to Weezer, I'm not a big Weezer fan, but I've noticed in other tunes, I've never had to stop and think about the drums. I think about the tune as a whole, and I think that speaks a lot to where it's like, he's like a background drummer in the best way possible. Like, there's like the focus is never on him. He serves the song. Nothing's flashy. If he might do a little something here or there, but it's tasteful in the right place, and nothing's ever, like, left field. It's just... He serves the song extremely well, and just I think he just fits that band and their mood.
0: Yes. There's, oh, perfectly. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're right. I think he fits the mood or the theme of that band, and especially in the way he plays, um, very, very well. Um, so I would consider, I would agree with your, with your first choice that like that's a very underrated drummer. Not that the band's not known, but I, I know. For me personally, and then probably for a lot of people, when they think of Weezer, they think of the front guy with the cool black rim glasses. Yeah, Fisher, I think was his name. So that's what, like, that's like almost the face of Weezer. Yeah. And then you wouldn't necessarily think of the back players, but he is highly underrated and, you know, will probably live a nice, comfortable life for all the work that he's put in. Yeah. You know, like, he'll be able to probably retire really comfortably knowing that he did a really good job. He was probably smart with his money. And just you know, that's that would be like the ultimate goal. It's like you know, not only were you, you know, not that fame is the big thing, but you got to be famous. Yeah. Make a good bit of money, and then hopefully we're smart enough that you could retire. Yeah. And just be like, yeah, man, I I played rock and roll for a bunch of years, and now I I garden or whatever. You yeah. Know? But just to be able to do that, because um, not not all musicians are smart enough to tuck cash away no (laughs) but he seems like he would be a smart guy so i would totally agree with that um one that i thought of and somebody was actually talking about it on that um drum history podcast uh he the guy that does the podcast was talking about going with stanton moore um in new orleans to uh go to a rolling stones show and get to meet charlie watts
1: i was actually looking at like a a list of underrated drummers and he was on that list was charlie watts
0: so underrated obviously because number one just say the word rolling stones or the name rolling stones mick jagger or keith richards 50 50 are going to be what pops into your head yeah with the the crazy little dance he little, does little or, chicken dance he does or the cigarette hanging out of keith richards mouth while he's yeah. po- like you know he should be dead by now but he's still alive Somehow. like that's what's going to pop into your head Not the bass player and definitely not Charlie Watts as the drummer. But, I mean, think about how many classic tunes you know by heart in your head that are Rolling Stone's tunes. And, again, just like the guy from Weezer, he fit the band perfectly. You know, sometimes he's laying down like four on the four quarter notes on everything. Sometimes he's playing money beat. Sometimes he gets a little sloshy with it and plays... You know, into the funkier range, maybe even to the New Orleansy kind of feel. Yeah. Um, they always, you know, I'm not that I'm not a fan of the Rolling Stones, but I play it so much in the cover band. It's it's like yeah. whether you're a fan or not, you're just going to hear that stuff. And I, I, I I'm, there's not any Rolling Stones I don't like. Yeah. Um, oh my God, it's not gonna be my first pick to play, but you know, most Rolling Stones are songs are really cool, and I've seen videos with like. Him playing on tour and them taking shots of like a really cool Gretsch. Uh, no matter what kid he played, he, he had a really cool Gretsch Silver Sparkle snare that he played. Um, not necessarily known for doing like a lot of drum solos. He just kind of served the song and stayed in the pocket. Um, but the interview that the guy from the Drum History Podcast was talking about when he went with Stanton to meet him was about how nice he was and like didn't have that air of, I mean, if anybody has the the right to have an ego about being a rock and roll star, being in the Rolling Stones, Stones is one yeah. of them, you know. But they talk about how how super nice he was. His wife was there at the uh, in, in New Orleans with him. They got to go meet the wife, meet Charlie Watts, hang out and talk and it sounded like a very pleasant. So he obviously is a very humble nice guy yeah. when he's not on stage and then we'll go down in history with one of the biggest rock and roll bands ever. Oh yeah. And then we'll be one of the lesser names. Like I bet you if you polled most people, they would say, "Oh yeah, Mick Jagger." And then you get a lesser number that might say or equal number that said, "Oh yeah, Keith Richards." Then you go, "All right, name anybody else in that band." Crickets. Yeah. Like nothing. Um so that would be m- one of my nominations for like definitely most not most, but one of the most underrated drummers. Probably ever. Yeah. Not even you know period specific. Um, so, has anybody got anything that they've thrown in? Let's see. Thus far. Um, <laughs> Dakota. Oh, Daka Momo is here. I think everybody, the- be careful. All the moderators in the chat, go on high alert because Daka Momo is here, and we need you to rein him in.
1: I think the most underrated double bass drummer is Dakota Berkowitz.
0: Okay, so actually pretty funny story. (laughs) We're at the juke joint and yes, Docomomo, a.k.a. Dakota Berkowitz, is one of the most underrated double bass. This is one trick now. Double bass drum players. Yeah, that's it. Just double bass drum. No snares, no toms, no hi-hats. Double bass drum players. So we're at the juke joint on a Sunday and
1: Phil brought his double pedal. Phil
0: L'Enfant brought his double pedal. And I don't, I think I'm obviously up first. You know, I, yeah. st- I start the night off. I didn't even touch the double pedal because I can't even do like eighth notes while I'm playing. I just can't do it. I, can't, I take my foot off the hi-hat and I've never messed with double bass. So I, I, and I even said it. I was like, I'm not playing this thing. Y'all can have at it. I'll just play and, you know, we'll have a good time. And then did you get up second, or yeah,
2: I
1: got up, and it's been a long time since I touched it, but I never like built up a lot of speed, I'm but you could of, do
0: like some of the typical tricks I've yeah. seen I can, uh, I can
1: do the gallop and I can keep it kind of steady, yeah, and you can do um, the little
0: bursts like while you're playing yeah. um, and then I think Phil probably got up, and I don't even remember if he used it i don't I can't recall um so we'd like take first break or whatever. And Docomomo, aka Dakota Berkowitz, if nobody knows in the chat, that's that's my bass, our bass player. Yeah. Um. So he's sitting there. And he's, <laughs> I don't remember if he's. All I could, I hope that he that he said because this is how it sounds great in my head. I hope he said, "Y'all get out of the way and let me show you how to do this." I don't know if that's what he said, but we're gonna go with that. Yeah. Because that sounds better. So Dakota pushes everybody out of the way, and this little bass player. Sits down behind my kid and plays a super fast, super clean blast beat Just out of nowhere.
1: And he if you ever get a chance to look at him, he does not give off. I can play double bass. Uh, yeah.
0: Or I'm an aggressive death metal drummer. Vibe. Yeah. I mean,
1: he has a tattoo of Abraham Legend of Zelda Lincoln on his arm. This is not the guy who plays double bass. This is a guy who plays who plays a double bass. Yes, but also plays
0: double bass. So, out of all the drummers that were there that night, the best double bass drum player was the bass player. Yeah. <laughs> so, hats off to you, Dakota. You are officially known as the most underrated double bass player, at least in the two two eight area code. Coast style. Yes, coast style for sure. Um, anybody else? <laughs>
1: um, let's see,
0: because we want to hear your opinion as well on who you think is, you know, a highly underrated drummer.
1: Let's see. Underrated tops for Mike Malone for jazz, Egg Thigpen. Yes. I'll, I'll yeah, definitely, yeah. for sure. Um, funk equals Stevie Wonder played drums on tons on a of his lot own tracks. Of, yes, on a lot of I didn't tracks. know that.
0: Yes. Um, and he was good. He was so good and he did, he did a lot of those tracks when he was like really young too. Uh, a lot of the tracks that they used him on drums and you know, you hear some of that stuff and you're like trying to guess whether that's Earl Palmer or like any of the guys from uh, the Funk Brothers and the Motown era, any of those players. And then it's like, no, that's Stevie Wonder himself. Yeah. Like, seriously, a master of so many instruments and a singer. Yeah. You know, being, you know, voice being an instrument. Yeah, that's 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 I would have never thought of that, Mike. But that is such a good, you know, mention for underage drummers is Stevie Wonder.
1: Get a gold star today, Mike. That's right, boy. Let's see. Richie says Dave descenso all day every day. Yeah, Dave
0: Desenso. He's from. Uh, let me know in the chat there, Richie. But yeah, you're right because you would see him in all of like videos online. Obviously, he was sponsored by I can't remember who. He was, it was Zildjian and somebody maybe Pearl, but um. Really good player. Like one of those names that kind of sticks with me from like my early 20s when you're hearing about all the famous drummers, blah, blah, blah. Um, I remember that being one of the names that I heard. Did he uh, weigh in on the chat for the band that he was on? Not yet. Um, I can't remember what band he was on, but yeah, that's another good... Are you familiar?
1: I've heard that name, but I cannot put anything to it.
0: Well, I guess that's the point of it being... Underrated. Yeah, it's like, you you know you know that name. Yeah. You maybe can't pinpoint. And that's a lot of these guys are going to be the same thing. Like, I know I know that. Or I know that band, but I could have never told you his name. Or maybe I knew his name and I could never told you the band. Um, and there's so, I mean, we're going to keep it under wraps today. But you could go hours and hours and hours. Oh, and yeah, that. the guy from that band. Oh, yeah. do you remember that band? They had a couple of hits and that drummer was clean. Like, I even asked Hugh when I was over there Wednesday um about a band uh hugh when he was in florida and i think that would have been he was when he was in tampa he got to work with uh sister hazel who's out of florida sweet um you may know who sister hazel is they had a couple of hits in the 90s uh they were out of florida and he got to you know i guess he knew the drummer or whatever and i always thought that guy was a super clean drummer um, got to obviously cut his own records because you could tell by the live stuff versus the um, record cuts. Like he was doing; those were his licks. So I know that was him that did the the recordings for Sister Hazel. And then you know I've seen him. They'd come here before, uh, down to Jones Park and uh, killer, you know, kill, killer drummer um, that Hugh got to work with back in the day. You know, from his Florida days. Very cool. Yeah. Um, so anybody else? Let's
1: see. Um, Doc Dakota says, There's a few people I would say like Jacob Collier. He's an amazing musician, but he's mainly known for his five-part harmonies or his piano playing, but he's just as amazing on drums.
0: Well, Jacob Collier's one of those ones that he's amazing just on anything. Yeah, like you could, can put a string instrument in his hand, piano, drums, singing. You um, give
1: him a kazoo. He'll probably make it sound like I can't
0: stand Jacob Collier, and I'll still admit he is a, basically a musical genius. Yeah. Um, I can't stand watching his videos. They annoy the ever-living you-know-what out of me. Um, but he is... Really good. What do you call it? A virtuoso. So yeah. Like, he really can just do about anything. So, yeah, I would go with you, Daka. That's uh, that's another one. Uh, even though I don't think he's really been old enough to have been doing it for long enough to be great. Yeah, because he's uh, around our age. Yeah, and he's just... He's so new. Um, so, that's a good mention, though. Um, anybody else got any of their...
1: Spencer... Uh... How's it going? Jimmy
0: Chamberlain. Oh, yeah. Jimmy Chamberlain played for the Smashing Pumpkins?
1: I believe so. Um, I'm trying to think who else, because I was going through videos the other night, and he popped up, because I want to say he also plays jazz on top of whatever else he does as well.
0: Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if that's if I'm correct, that's what I sticks out in my mind the most, was that he was the drummer for... Smashing pumpkins, and that was like literally one of when CD when we transitioned from. Some of you may not remember this. We transitioned from tape to CD. You know, there was a period there where it was a you know because back then money was different and the prices of everything was different. Yeah, an album was like twenty bucks. You know, and you're a kid, so you don't have any money. So you either like on your birthday or like Christmas would get a CD, and that would be like your transition. Like, okay, now. uh, like I got to start putting the tapes away and get this new CD thing. And I got given three albums one Christmas. The first CD, Christmas. In Agata Vita by Iron Butterfly, which we've talked about before. Smashing Pumpkins, Siamese Dreams, and the second Pearl Jam album, whatever that was called. Um,
1: no idea. But it was like 10, yeah. which is the
0: one everybody... The album that came out the next year, um, that was the three CDs I was given. And uh, I'm not a smashing pumpkins fan now don't really listen to that kind of stuff but i enjoyed that album when i was a kid like learned how to play all those songs on the drums and always like again and i would imagine that's kind of probably going to be the common theme with a lot of these drummers that would be considered underrated a big reason or a common reason why they are underrated is they play to their band so perfectly so maybe like they're doing such a good job that they blend in with the band so well that you just don't even think about it. Like you're just listening to the song.
1: Yeah, you just they get lost in the mix because they they line it up
0: perfect so well. Um, I would imagine that's probably a common theme we will see tonight. Is that's why some of these guys are so underrated is because they did the job. Per- you know, I guess maybe that's you hear that a lot. Like if you do the job perfectly, nobody would ever know you did it. Yeah, you know, and I guess that's that's probably going to be a common thing. So yeah, I would I would go with you. Jimmy Chamberlain is another one. Um, of those highly underrated drummers, you might even not know his name, but as soon as you heard the band, you'd be like, oh yeah, of course.
1: Yeah. Um, Richie's got two. I missed one, he said earlier, um, and I fully agree with Richie. Richie says, I desperately miss Billy Ward. Billy Ward is, was, still is, I don't know what he's doing, the man. One of the coolest drum set sticks I've ever seen. Um, Billy Ward's the man. Then he has, and here's a, here's a cool one, Larry Mullen Jr. from
0: U2. Man, you took it away from me. That was going to be one of mine. So, good job, Richie. But, yeah, no, to get back to Billy Ward, he is, I don't remember who Billy played with. I almost want to say Billy played with the girl that has the nose ring and did the Jesus song, um, um, uh, Probably before my time Oh, it's a 90s tune um, What if God was one of us Oh, yeah I think he played for her Among other people I'm not really sure But I only remember Billy Ward from like the instructional video
1: Yeah, and he's a My favorite thing was his like jazz drumming throughout time like One of the first guys to do it before you had um, Daniel Glass do his whole yeah. series on that But he shows you like how every... Like big player influenced how we play swing.
0: He was such, but he could play. Uh, Billy War could play everything. He could play rock. He could play funk. He could play jazz. He could play Latin. Like he was really well versed. Like you said, he had one of the coolest sticks. His sticks had that um, weird palm it had like bulb. a nub on the palm, like a like you said, a bulb, a bulb that like would rest in your palm. Such a cool stick. And I remember his instructional DVDs. Like I was probably setting my drum set up for wrong for ten years until in the DVD he set he sits you down and he's like, Alright, put your throne down. Sit down and he gets the height set right. And then he says, put your two pedals out in front of you where the natural feet position would fall and then add your hi-hat and add your kick and then add your snare and like he built the whole kit up around and i just never until up until that point had even cared to like think about my hi-hat probably was like cocked up on top of me yeah too close and i like stretching my foot out for the bass drum pet like after watching him i knew how to properly set the an ergonomic drum set out um and then of course through those dvds he shows you how to play different types of music and he was killer they and then, like Super you said, he's dropped off the face of the earth. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, maybe somebody out in the chat knows what happened to Billy Ward. Maybe he's just playing for some artist, but he just seemed to drop out of nowhere.
1: Maybe he's just hitting the studio, just being one of those guys. I mean.
0: Well, we miss you, Billy.
1: I mean, you know, like, like Ash Stone doesn't play with anyone. He just does session work. Yeah. I mean, I think, like, two of his... To the tracks he did this past year, got nominated for Grammys. He's got I, so I many
0: Grammys, it's not even funny. Yeah, and he's got the perfect setup. Like, there's an unknown or uh, underrated drummer for you, Ash Soane. Yeah, if you've never looked up A S H S O A N, look him up because he does like he's done um, so many Grammy Grammy award winning artists um what's her face he's he's a, most he's, famous he's in. done Adele yeah. he's
1: i think he's done stuff for John Legend I, he
0: is on the uh, voice like the UK. uk he's the drummer like we have Nate Smith uh Nate um,
1: another underrated guy yeah
0: oh he Nate plays. Morton Nate yeah. Morton is the drummer on our voice here in the US and Ash Stone is the drummer for the UK voice and he has an awesome little studio near his house and like he doesn't even leave to go to the studio all these artists send him the stems from the rest of the recording and he does his own in-house recording and sends it back to them so and he didn't have it. to leave yeah um, but yeah that's another super underrated drummer Ash Sohn. uh can't tell you how many Grammys he's got under his belt uh I love watching his videos you
1: go to his website he has them all listed yeah he's like, he, he's like here's my here's my charts here's all my hits and then it's just like boom 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 it's like, it doesn't stop like it's it's like a Six wheel scroll, and you get the bottom,
0: yeah, and it's nasty. Um, yeah, and then, uh, and then I think he also mentioned the guy from U2, yeah, which I think the guy from U2, U2 literally has said in an interview, if I'm not incorrect, that he won't do a drum solo. Like, he's like, I don't do drum solos, I play, I play the song, I play, you know, for what we're doing, but that I don't do it. And like, there's some, you know, even though a lot of U2 is straight ahead. There's some drum parts in some of those songs that is not straight ahead. Yeah. Like he's got some creative stuff going on and like some of his tom work on some of the later U2 stuff um, is really really incredible. And to be one of those guys again, like we said that was kind of the common theme was he serves the song or the theme so well for whatever he's doing, it just kind of gets lost. Yeah. And you don't even realize, oh wow, he was doing such a good job but only because he could blend in and you almost don't even see him anymore, you know, sonically. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I totally agree. You stole one from me, Richie, but good job. Point for Richie.
1: Uh, It says, yes, Stephen Joanne Osborne. Joan Osborne. Yeah.
0: Okay, that's right. He played on, um, Billy Ward played for Joan Osborne. I'm sure he probably plays for artists still. I mean, that's when you're that good and you've gotten to work with big artists like that, you're going to probably for the rest of your life continue cutting tracks for people's albums. Yeah. Uh, he probably lives somewhere where that's easy to do.
1: See, Charlie Smith, a man across the pond, says as underrated players go, the likes of Neil Wilkinson, UK Session Ace, who's worked with Van Morrison, Paul McCartney, and Ray Charles, as well as on T V and film such as Star Wars, Friends, and Mission Impossible.
0: Really? What what's that guy's name again? Neil Wilkinson. Neil Wilkinson. I'm going to have to look that up because I'm a super huge fan of Van Morrison. And it makes sense that Van Morrison would use like a European drummer or a drummer from from over there because he was from Canada or I think British Columbia. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of that circle. So that would make sense. Um, and I know like like he said, did you say Ray Charles in there? Yes. Um, like when Ray Charles has cut stuff overseas. Um, so that's, I'm going to have to look up Neil Wilkinson because I would be very interested to see. Um, nice, nice pick there. Um, I want to see. I'm going to have to do that tonight when I'm messing around on YouTube is go look up Neil Wilkinson.
1: Uh, then the Dave DeSeno guy, he played with Josh Groban, Duran Durant and Hiromi.
0: Duran Duran. That is what I that's where uh, that's where I knew. And I, who plays? Is it Todd Sikerman that plays with Hiromi now or is it Simon Phillips? I think it's
1: Simon Phillips.
0: One of those two, play, and those are killer videos. Um, Simon Phillips. I, I guess you could say he's underrated. He's kind of well known.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't. I I wouldn't really put Simon Phillips in the, in the underrated
0: because he's underrated. done so many, played with so many big acts, and that's basically what he's doing now. Yeah, I think and he, he just really just does Hiromi and that killer bass player, the guy that played for like Stevie Wonder. And, yeah, and. Uh, did he play for Sly and the Family Stone? I can't remember that guy's name, but doc amomo may know the the, the bass player that I'm thinking of. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, I lost my track of thought um, or my train of thought. <laughs> You're fine. Um, but yeah, now I wouldn't consider Simon Phillips at all. But that that Wilkinson cat, I'm gonna have to definitely look up tonight. And that's what I was thinking of with Desencio is that he was from uh, Duran Duran, which obviously even if you don't listen to 80s music you know Durant, you've heard Durant. you've
1: heard their are you they you've seen their album cover artwork and nail salon cause it's the same guy that did that for their album yeah, yeah yeah all the all the nail stuff is the same guy who did other record covers <laughs> i forgot that guy's name <laughs> matt matt told me who he was um let's see Richie Henry, Gary Novak is an amazing name. I really hear Gary husband as well. Equally amazing keys player. Charlie Smith says Steve Smith and Simon Phillips have both done spells with Hiromi in recent years. Oh, and the bass in the base is Anthony Jackson.
0: Anthony Jackson. That dude yeah. is killer. Um, I didn't know Steve Smith worked with Hiromi I didn't either. Um, but he did so much when he took the break from. Um, Journey Journey. He did so many different things basically becoming like a historian for the history of American drumming. Yeah. And working with, I want to say he worked with Bob Reynolds a little bit, the saxophone player. And then I guess worked with Romeo. Like he's been all over the place and now he's doing the Fleetwood Mac thing again. I, I definitely wouldn't put him on this list. Like most people know who Steve Smith is yeah, through one form or the other. He is definitely, he's definitely gotten his due, but he's out. I, I was always super impressed with Steve Smith because Steve Smith will even admit that he wasn't super educated when he came into like the early days. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he continued his education. And then, like I said, then you got the whole journey thing that happens. And when journey took a break or he took a break from journey, like it seems like he literally became like a professor of American drum history. Like all of a sudden he's, playing brushes with um Jeff Hamilton. With Jeff Hamilton and doing all the old school stuff and then like literally can now like feed you history on the the birth of the drum set. Like he really went to town. Yeah. and became five times the drummer he was earlier on in his life. And now is, you know, I mean obviously everybody knows Steve Smith, it's that that goes without saying. He's scary, in the words of Hugh. Yeah, he really is scary, uh, especially when you get him into jazz. Like, I mean, obviously he can kill the journey thing because that's his that's his gig. But then you put him in a jazz big band situation. His, or... jazz,
1: his jazz group that he has is so good. Yeah, like it's it's not it's like it it's disheartening for me. You say, he,
0: man, you're about to say it was not fair. It's not fair. <laughs> it's not fair. <laughs>
1: It's like, because he goes, he's like, you know,
0: someday
1: love will find you. And he's doing like these cool double bass patterns. And he's playing freaking just straight ahead jazz, but it works. And it's, and it's like, it's not fair. He's like, and he'll play like crazy complex parts of this hand. Like, it's not fair. You can't play double bass. Play the like the old school cheesy licks and get away with it, but yeah. he does, and again, it makes me upset because his hands or his feet, his feet are his hands. It's like it's they're the same limbs.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, he is a he is killer. Definitely not underrated. He does not make the list today. No. <laughs>
1: um, let's see. Also wonder about Billy Ward, but I just noticed he's active on Facebook page, so I plan to dig in. Um. Let's see. Phil LaFont says he got vital information back together. Um,
0: Talking about Steve Smith.
1: Yeah. And I said, no comments. Oh, that's it? Yeah. Well. And then I have a. Yeah, what's your I, next I have, one? I have a junk. I have a, a crap ton. Um, do you want newer or older guys? Doesn't matter. Throw them at me. All right.
0: And you guys just start saying in the chat whether you agree or disagree. And we'll okay. shoot Jared down.
1: So I'm going to go with one of my, like big influences in Near dear to My Heart, one of my favorite records of all time, probably my top five, Yeah, is Tim Herb Alexander who oh, played yeah. for Primus. Yeah. And that was like his only band.
0: That's a good one. I would have never thought of that, but I have said that before, so it's dumb that I wouldn't even think of that because he is such a good drummer and Les Claypool is nothing easy to follow. No.
1: And All those parts he writes for those tunes, like lock in, because they're a very backwards kind of bass band. Like generally, you think the guitar player like leads everything, the bass player is the under is the bottom, and kind of is supports everything, and then the drummer is the glue. Well, for them, they kind of all throw it out. The bass player
0: Les Claypool leads with the bass. Um, I would just I would stop you there. I would say no. The drummer's not even the drummer. Les Claypool is the drummer on the bass. Yeah. like He's like, no, I will do this with a bass guitar and you compliment me. That's kind of how I always looked at it. Because granted, Tim Alexander is, in my opinion, he's keeping time, but the lead uh, pattern or the lead feel for what is still percussive, because he mainly slaps, is coming from... Les, Les Claypool. Yeah. Um, but still, because maybe you could argue Les has taken all of the good stuff away from the beat by being the lead percussive part, I would say he's even more underrated than anybody might agree with because now he has to be creative to come up with either a counter melody or something that fits underneath real well of what Les is doing. Yeah, because you got Les
1: leading everything and then you have Larry, I'll, I want to say his last name is LaRouge, always mess it up. It's one of the hardest things I get right from me is his name. Um and he is like it's just accent. He's just like to me anyway. It's like he's like he sprinkles, he's pixie dust. He gives it the flavor of the tunes. And then on the earlier stuff when you have Tim, he's back there like holding it down, doing everything, you know. And what I always think is cool cuz another guy I have on the list is also their second drummer who is uh Brian Mantia, uh called him Brain. Oh, was, okay, Brain. Okay. Right, yes. Yeah, so he was their he was their drummer after after Tim and um and they both have completely different styles, and I, I remember in an interview, like Les was asked, you know, like why'd you pick them? It's like, well, they don't sound, they don't play the same. He's like, I wanted something kind of different, you know, yeah. going forward. And he's like, like, and, um I think it was one of the interviews, like, Brain was trying to explain, like, he never had like an easy time learning Tim Tim's parts. Yeah, and he goes like, because whatever Tim played was like a, he's like a drum machine, but for their weird proggy. Yeah. M- whatever you weird, want to call it
0: comical, carnival style
1: Yeah, because they're going I mean, all the stuff he wrote was ridiculous I yeah. mean is it, is it, Any tune, you can pick anything I love Sailing the Seas of Cheese That's my favorite that's, record for them Yeah, that's a cool album I mean, Sergeant Baker's got a very weird part For the intro And then you got the blitzing fast of um. Oh my god Is it luck That was one of the hardest tunes I've learned how to play Growing up, trying that record like lick for lick. Yeah, yeah. Cause it's like dun 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 he's playing and his right hand never stops. It's just and then the bass, the drum part, Yeah,
0: like a breakbeat kind of thing.
1: But it it's it's never stops. Like that's it through the entire tune. Yeah. And then you get to like the hits, goes to the ride, and he puts the double bass into it, and it's still just trucking. Like it's and he's just And when you see him play live, it's like he's got his ponytail and his overalls on, and he's just like, When's lunch?
0: Yeah, really. He's like, What what do we get
1: for breaking the green room? Like, nothing raises him.
0: Like I've said about other bands, like you think of Primus, the first thing that pops in your head is Les Claypool, not the rest of the band, and not one of the drummers. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, highly underrated, um, you know, but we'll probably go down as two really great drummers. Oh, yeah. I'm not a fan of. Aggressive music or even like hard rock, whatever you want to call that. Um, But I will admit, you know, those two guys, definitely a tip of the cap because both those players, you know, I grew up with a little bit of Primus, but, man, they're both super killer. Oh, yeah. Um, My next one, um, and I talk about him a lot. I talk about him ad nauseum. I know y'all get tired of hearing me talk about him, but everything I say about him is true. Levon Helm. He was also
1: on that list I looked up, too.
0: He is... Probably only more famous now because of the movies he was in. He was in Coal Miner's Daughter, which is a famous film from like the 80s or late 70s. He was in Shooter with uh, Mr. Mark Wahlberg. Um, (laughs) uh, But obviously better known for the drummer of the band and sang a lot of the band's bigger hits. Um, So obviously underrated just simply in the fact that He could sing and play. There's only a handful of singing drummers in pop history, you know, of of famous bands. Um, Him being one of the really, I mean, like, I love his style of playing, leave the singing aside, and then I love his singing, leave the drumming aside. So, you know, you might not know his name, and I always really encourage people, I don't care what you listen to, to go check out the band. Uh, You know, any of the albums, especially that last. Um, album they did which was the last concert which is the last waltz Um, but another reason I really count him as very underrated take his drumming and singing aside was some of the things he did in drumming history that most people don't realize came from him like a lot of people always equate Ringo Starr and come together you know we all know the so everybody hears that Ringo Starr 60s 50s drum tone and they think of the tea towels yeah on the toms and they everybody gives credit for the tea towel thing to Ringo. ringo when really what it was the first time that the beatles had come over from across the you know across the sea in the uh from the uk um they got to see Levon and the band doing their thing. And actually, from what I understand, when I heard Levon and a, a guy that was interviewing him tell the story on some random video, uh, was that R- uh, Ringo actually picked the tea towel thing up from Levon. So that whole 70s boxy, thuddy drum sound, and what we're actually getting a lot more of now today, guys love taking a tackle instrument towel and putting it on their snare. Yeah. And every, uh, um, the cover band that does all the cool covers. Um, There's a lot of those. Uh, Scary Pockets. Yeah, yeah. Every Scary Pockets video, that drummer has a T-shirt on the snare, and what, just about every Wolfpack song, they do the same thing. Yeah. So that whole thing, the thuddy uh, drum sound, the snares that we love to put T-shirts on nowadays, that all comes from Levon. Um, and if you go back and listen to those records, his drums have a very... 70s boxy thuddy sound. The whole no front bass drum head on yeah. towels and stuff on the on the toms. I love it. Not for like what we do in a pop setting. It's obviously not going to work. But still a very cool you know drum sound. And I don't think people give enough credit historically you might know who Levon is but yeah he was a great singer in the band and went on to do movies but also he did certain things like the tea towel thing that set in motion a whole you know decades worth of theming for drumming Yeah, so he would definitely go down and obviously I'm vindicated because you saw it on the list Yeah, Um, he will go down as one of the most underrated drummers but really he was just a great musician because he could sing drums he played mandolin he played guitar Like there was just about everything he could do so that's my toss-up for underrated. Any more coming in?
1: Yeah, we have got, got, got a little little trail going on. Me Good. And you and then the boys get the way in. <laughs> I don't think we have any, any ladies yet that come hang out. Um, let's see. Richie says Jason Sutter. Speaking of brushes, Charlie Smith says Brian Bennett. Not only was he great with the shadows, great with the shadows for years, he was also a great composer. We got Abe Cunningham from the Deftones.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah. Abe Cunningham was a good one.
1: And then what I didn't even think about, but shout out to Charlie Smith mentioned him, um, J.R. Robinson.
0: Oh, man, you're right.
1: Everything from Shotgun through Michael Jackson.
0: There's the coolest thing I saw him talk about in a video. Um, what is the song? Um, it's a Michael Jackson song, and it starts out with that rock with you rock with you he's got that intro lick to rock with you and i i can't remember the story like specifically it was either the producer that was in the studio that day or michael jackson told jr i need you to have you know an opening lick to open the song but it's got to be to where the song would be instantly recognizable the moment you heard it like so if you ever heard this song ever again in history just based on the You would know. So he said basically to JR, you have to come up with on the spot right now the most easily recognizable opening drum lick to a song and go.
1: And it really is. It really is. And I, I
0: think he got it in like a handful of takes. He kind of messed around for a moment and put the lick down. And then now you hear that lick and you instantly know. Michael Jackson's "Rock with You."
1: You is. need nothing else added. I mean, yeah. you could play that, and then someone like, "Who's whose song is this?" And you, people know, "Oh, it's Rock with You' by Michael Jackson, off the record." Bad. I mean, it's yeah, it's there. Hey, man,
0: come up with a drum lick that'll last through history and do it now. Like that's <laughs> no pressure, by the way. No pressure. I love his playing, and he still puts out videos. You'll see uh, stuff on YouTube, and I love watching him play. Like he's got good feel, like big-time fan of him. And, of course, like he said, all the people that he played for, you don't get to do that with those really big artists. No. Shaka Khan was pretty demanding, and, you know, obviously he got to do all that, so. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, that was a good choice right there.
1: Let's see. Um, Dakota says, what about Stuart Copeland? You're really only thinking of staying when the police has been I'm going to tell you why I don't agree with you. I, I don't agree either. Um, Stuart... One is super big outside of the police. I would say when it comes to that band, you think of Sting, but Stuart Copeland is literally like
0: Yeah, head, like, to head.
1: it's like hairs. Yeah. If not above or below Sting, depending on who you're talking to. Yeah. Um I mean a little fun fact, all the Spyro video games that came out for the PlayStation, mm-hmm. Stuart Copeland did the music for it. Plus he had
0: um, Oysterhead, which was a great band. you know who that is?
1: It sounds familiar.
0: Oysterhead was Stuart Copeland on drums, um, the guy from Fish, uh, the guitar player on vocals, and I think they all sang, but um, Trey Anastasio on guitar, and then I feel so stupid for not thinking of the killer bass player they had. Oh, it's Les Claypool. So Les Claypool on bass... Trane from Fish on Guitar and Stuart Copeland on drums. Yeah. That's like a monster lineup. Like a super group. There's an, there's an underrated album for you. If you've never heard of Oysterhead, look them up. Like I said, it's Les Claypool on bass, Stuart Copeland on drums, and Trane Nistagio on um, guitar, and I think they all sang. And there are some crazy tunes. There are some funky tunes, like... That is a really cool underrated band full of like heavy hitters. So, yeah, I would agree with you. I don't think Stewart's underrated at all. No, I mean, he has
1: his own signature snare. The way he did it goes down in, in history. It's the classic uh, die cast on top, triple flanged on bottom. I mean, that's, that's I mean, it's his snare drum. You know the called, name of that drum? Oh, yeah. It. I mean, the,
0: the snare drum is called The Snare. No, it's got a longer name. What is it? It's called The Snare of Divine Providence. Like, they have dubbed his snare drum The Snare of Divine Providence. I think there's an Ash Stone video where he talks about getting to play that snare. And uh, there's also the... I've seen it in many forums online that there are some of those old Pearl models that he also used on some of those police recordings. So it's either the... The one you're talking about, the the original, yeah, which is what, a Tama?
1: Yeah, it's always ever played. Yeah, and then
0: allegedly allegedly. there are some Pearl, what are those called? Pearl Presidential or? Yeah. It's like the same thing. It's a brass shell um, that he played on. But that was his thing. You're right. It was a die cast hoop on bottom and a triple flange on top. And I remember seeing that like when I worked at Magnolia a decade ago, like the Tama catalog would come in are like, but why would it have a die cast on top and a? Yeah. A triple flange on bottom. It's, it's his sound. I mean, that's what But, yeah, did. no, I would say DACA, he is not going to be underrated because he's going to not only go down in history for being the well-known drummer for the police, Yeah. but then all his bands that he has done, and really, like, he was so influential on the drumming community, like, he created basically his own style of drumming where yeah. he mismatched reggae and punk, like, all together. And like even, you know, more styles to kind of morph into what is like when you hear somebody play like that, you're like, oh, you're, you know, you're doing you're, the Stewart yeah. Copeland thing.
1: I and mean, he has a whole technique called Stuart Copeland hi hats that people rip off yeah. of, of all the jabs he does. I mean, it's I would definitely not agree with you, Dakota. Sorry. Yeah, no.
0: Good, good drummer. Great pick, yeah. but not going to be underrated yeah. for sure. Like he will go down. Just fine.
1: Yeah, his his catalog's too big. Yeah,
0: he doesn't need any help from us. No.
1: (laughs) Um, (laughs) Let's see. We got Richie says Joe Crabtree, one of the early YouTube teachers. Learned a lot of Vinnie Calahuda licks from that dude.
0: I learned uh, how to play Toto, uh, the uh, triplet shuffle, uh, Rosanna, Rosanna. from a Joe Crabtree video. And there was something else I think when I was trying to learn— um, Van Halen's uh, "Jump," "The Bridge." I think Joe Crabtree did that as well. Like, yeah, Richie's right. He like breaks down really hard stuff on drums. Um, and he, you're right. He was like one of the earliest YouTuber drummers that I can remember. In his videos, like if you go back, a lot of those videos are like literally when YouTube hit, like ten years ago. Jeez. Yeah. Um, so good pick on that. Let's see
1: Mike Malone, Jason Stutters, a total underrated radar drummer under the radar drummer spent a day hanging out with him when he was in my town playing with smash mouth and that guy has done it all play with so many great bands
0: yeah and you don't realize i think a lot of times like um you might know them from when they finally got a job with a super poppy band yeah like like you say smash mouth and then you only know smash mouth and then you don't realize unless you were like lucky enough like him to meet him that's like oh no i worked with this person these people, this band, this person. And like usually guys that are that good, that are just great players and know how to serve the band or serve the song or whatever. Um, they tend to get work constantly. And you see a lot of those kind of like what we're talking about today. A lot of those under the radar drummers, if you ever finally meet them and they go, Oh no, but I played for this band. And then when this band just started doing like casino tours, like later on in life, I played with them or, you know, a lot of those guys get really good constant work. So, it might even be better to be slightly underrated because then you just, you have a good career your whole life as opposed to maybe being in like, like take uh, the drummer for Creed. Yeah. I can't stand Creed, but they were hugely popular up until what about 2000? Yeah. They were the biggest touring rock band. That dude probably doesn't play with anybody now and hopefully stashed all the cash that he made during that time. Yeah. So I would say it would probably be better to just stay under the radar and have a great career working with all these great artists as opposed to maybe peaking and then the drop off and nothing happens. You know, you might disagree with me on that, but I would say a very long lasting, stable career working with Shaka Khan and Michael Jackson. And then you get to do like, would be a lot more fulfilling than like, Oh yeah, I was in Creed and it was popular for about six years. And then now I just don't do anything.
1: Yeah. I'd rather be the guy that's like, almost like, I feel kind of bad for that video every time I watch it. Like, Carol Kay, like she walked in to that record, uh, I cannot remember what record company she worked for, but she walked in and she shows them, uh, the guys interviewing her, she goes, yeah, she goes, I played on all these records and she just points and you see like, Gold and platinum and platinum and gold and this. I mean, it's just everything that was in the lobby, that whole of that studio. She goes, I played on all those records. Just like just points at them. And, you know, her name's not on them, but she played them. I'd rather be the guy that goes into, yeah, you know, sitting around, you know, getting a haircut, like, oh, I'll play with that band. You're like, well, yeah. like, yeah, I cut that record with them. Really, like, Almost be like, kind of like Hal Blaine. Like, yeah. I, just, I just sat in and played with a bunch of different
0: guys. Yeah. And just. There you go. That's another good one to mention. Hal Blaine. Yeah. If anybody even knows his name, which they probably don't, and if they do, they can think of, besides all the other players that he worked with, the Beach Boys. And some of the most iconic Beach Boys, like the stuff off of Pet Sounds. Yeah. Good Vibrations. like That's one of my favorite movies, which is Love and Mercy, which is about Brian Williams from the Beach Boys and all that stuff that he went through when he was in the Beach Boys. But they show specifically the cutting of good vibrations and like all the stuff that had to go down. And obviously these are actors portraying them, but like how yeah. Blaine in the studio with, uh, what's your, what you just mentioned or karaoke uh, and then working out the cello parts for the end sequence of, it was really cool. So if you want to know anything a little bit about the beach boys and how they did that stuff, love and mercy is a great uh, movie to watch, but Yeah then he worked with, because he was part of the Wrecking Crew. Yeah. So that, like, like we have the Funk Brothers and doing all of the Motown you can think of. Then anything that came out of California that was done by their house band, the Wrecking Crew, I mean, I couldn't even imagine how many people he probably worked with.
1: I remember watching a video recently. Um, I think he said he played like 150 records. Yeah. Like, that he could, that he can remember that, like, did something. Um. Because he said I believe the beginning For Good Vibe Bridge Was an accident That the woman Had played a different part And he dropped his stick And so he just kind of Kept fuddling with it Yeah And stick back And that's what stuck huh. In the final cut He was like I guess they liked it Even though I messed up So it's on the record Yeah I and mean, he's an old man Like hunched over Like telling them the story I'm like well, that's cool because I f- probably would imagine someone get fired and you know if you drop a sick, it's like, oh, you gotta run the tape back, but I guess well tape was expensive back
0: in the day. There was no run the tape back. you just cut it till you got it.
1: Yeah, so I guess he, he did it right the first time.
0: Yeah, so and that's a, probably a lot of how that kind of stuff happens because I love when on old recordings when you do hear what's maybe not perfect or you know or you hear a story about well, this is the weird way how this fill came out or you know and there was I was actually listening to a podcast the other day. Um, where the guy was talking about um, it was the drummer for um, Piano Man. uh, Billy Joel. Billy Joel. Billy Joel's drummer, and it's like Liberty DeVito, I think his name is, and he played with, like, Billy Joel forever and then did studio work after he left Billy Joel and talking about how he would just do these, like, complicated things in studio work and they would be like, "Ah, eh, that's not really what we're looking for. And then he would go back and do really simple fills and simple pickup lines and like sometimes even make a mistake and they would go, I love it. Whatever you did do that. You yeah. know, and he's doing like the simple stuff serving the song. You know, we keep going back to that. Um, So that's another one. Liberty DeVito. Uh, that was Billy Joel's drummer forever, and then once he fired the whole band, basically started doing, like most of these guys, studio work, and yeah. he's a good one. And I think that is on the Working Drummer podcast. They talk about, there's an episode about Liberty DeVito, or it might have been um, the Third Story podcast where they interview Liberty DeVito. Either way, you can go look both of those up. It's really good stuff, and he's a... He's a really good drummer to talk to about like being in the business and making it your lifestyle, like you know where you know you're going to be doing it from your 20s all the way to your 60s. Yeah, um, so that's another cool one.
1: Let's see. Uh, let's see. Richie says Dean Crustanova from Journey, super amazing singer and killer drummer. Shame he got fired. Uh, Mike Malone said he produced some Smash Mouths recent. Records and then and is totally fluent and amazing in jazz, marching and all sorts of percussion. Charlie Smith is Hal Blaine, the drummer that everyone's heard but few have heard of. So I guess yes. that was before we said that. Yeah. Um. And then henry goes is Manu kache allowed on this list?
0: I would think so. Yeah. Because I mean, other than the fact that him having an easily rememberable name. Yeah. Uh. No, he. You know. I, I think he might. Go, does he have? Is that the Manukache? Is that the 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 hip gig that Yamaha makes? It's like the Manukache signature version of it. Yeah. Um. You know. So yeah, a lot of guys, other than maybe that drum set, because those are such iconic drum sets, might not know who he is. Yeah. So I could probably go with that.
1: Um. And then Charlie Smith corrects so us, said the snare was actually a a brass pearl, not Tama. Tam- That's right. Told you. Bam! Tama just cloned it to make it his signature model years later.
0: Shout That's out. right. On those records, he was playing. And I can't remember, maybe he can tell me in the chat, if it was called the Pearl Presidential Model or the Pearl. It had a model name. And like he said, it was basically a chrome over brass. Basically, looked like a Ludwig Super Supra. Yeah. Um, and I, I actually went on a hunt. At one point, I wanted to buy one of those. I remember that. Um, and you could find a couple and there's actually an article that'll show you which one to buy. Cause like, you know, on a Ludwig, it has the center bead. Mm-hmm. Those pearls have three beads or two beads. And I can't remember if it's the two or the three. I think you want the three bead cause that's literally the chrome over brass pearl. Again, I think it's called the presidential. I'm not sure. And then the two was the steel version. Um so there was a, like an article that showed you which one to buy but like yeah guys search for those snares and myself being a pearl player I'm surprised I've never really gone down the rabbit hole to look for that snare I'm probably going to go do that now that you've mentioned it and see if there's any, even any out there cuz they're hard to find.
1: Um let's see Richie says can't remember the drummer for Simple Minds right now but I noticed you started playing Dixon. I'm not familiar with simple minds at all um it sounds familiar yeah and then richie says jason sutter plays with share now and his harvey mason tribute kit with the concert toms is nuts
0: Ooh, that would be a cool kit another great not underrated but another great drummer harvey mason yeah no i didn't and that makes sense you know that like we said, you know, if you're that good, you tend to work and work and work. And now, obviously, he's working with Cher. Yeah. So that's probably a nice, comfortable gig where you you know that you're going to be playing for probably as long as she keeps playing. Yeah. You know, that's a good, a nice, little comfortable gig. Let's see. Charlie says, everyone thinks
1: it's a Jupiter snare, but the Jupiter has a Jupiter. parallel mechanism. I think it's the presidential, which is the same shell with a drop-style throw-off.
0: I knew it was one of the two, and I couldn't remember it was either Jupiter or presidential. Um, and it's weird cause like basically really old pearl drums are like stencil kits. Yeah. They're like made in Japan kits. They're not really the best. I've had guys argue with me online about Luan being that really cheap wood. They make the, you know, I don't think it's that great sounding of a wood. So like I've never wanted one of those like sixties or seventies pearl kits. Yeah. Um, those snares though, because the snare, if it's, if the presidential, I think is the wood model. Um, it has that, what is it called? Philonic shell where it's like the Yamaha, where it's part fiberglass, part wood. And it's like the fiberglass is in the wood. It's something weird like that. Yeah. I think it's called a phalonic shell. Um, and then, then you had, I guess the Jupiter would have been the metal model, whether it was the steel or the brass. Um, I've always wanted to get a hold of those. Not so much the Pearl. Ben. I've seen some cool ones, but I can just tell. They're probably not going to sound good. But those, either the Presidential or the Jupiter is like, you know, guys search for that. Because like he said, that whole time, that's what Stewart was playing. Yeah. And then I didn't know Tama had copied that. So thanks for the heads up on that.
1: Let's see. All these nobodies, Steven and Jared from some YouTube channel. Check them out. Thanks, Richie.
0: Thanks, buddy. I appreciate that.
2: <laughs> yeah, we're, under, we're underrated.
0: <laughs> yeah, underrated in our own minds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I will still say it uh, to this day. I think, and Richie, you're included in this because you are from here. You're not here right now. Everybody, J- Richie lives uh, very far away. Um, I think he's in Japan right now or yep. somewhere close. Um, Richie, you are from here, so I, I will always include you in the statement. I think the Gulf Coast, Mississippi Gulf Coast, area code two two eight has always had a really good batch of drummers. Yeah. Um, when I was really young with Richie coming up and until now, now that I'm becoming the old guy, um, we've always had a, a bunch of drummers and a bunch of good drummers. You know, you, Phil, Cedric, Richie, Pat, Ray, Hugh, um, Zane, Zane, um, other zane um i forget his name he taught at gulfport high for a little while um about my age Um, he may not be here anymore um we've always troy there's there's chad chad i mean there is such a gary i mean i could just go on and on and on and on and just list guys so we've always had a really good crew of drummers around here and probably not like every city most of the drummers here are all friends with each other because that's not always guaranteed That you know you have a bunch of good drummers, but they may not necessarily get along together.
1: Yeah, Uh, we all get along pretty well, and I and we're pretty good about sending each other gigs that we can't make to one of us. Yeah, if not knowing who to fill in for, like whenever my band played at the Hot Spot, Gary was feeling sick; he couldn't sit in for a group. Phil got called for it. Phil was like, "Uh, "So the other side of." town is like i gotta get my stuff he's like you already got your stuff do you want to do it and i was like yeah it was that blues gig I did? the juke that yeah. night yeah, yeah yeah i mean so i mean I, I would say that we're we get along very well with all the guys around me when we know each other pretty well that we know who can we can call it a sub in for something yeah
0: so i think we've always been pretty pretty lucky around here and yes richie you are definitely included in that um any more from them before we moved on our, our lists let's see uh, Richie says Steve Holmes from House of Drumming. And then Charlie
1: Smith says the Copeland model is the Pearl B4515. May help your Google search later.
0: B? I'm going to that yeah, down right Pearl now. Yeah, Pearl B4515. Sweet. I'll look that up later and see if I can't find oh. one. Like I need another freaking snare drum in my life. Yeah, you and me both, buddy.
1: <laughs> um, all right, I got a couple. I guess I'll just... Rattle off. Well, let's, we talked about some old guys. How about some new cats? Yes, please clo- let closer, me know closer to, to my to my side. All right. Well, there's two I'm really torn between. One is they're both really good. Um, I like his band more, so I'm going to talk about him. Uh, his name's Morgan Simpson. He plays for a group called Black Midi. I can't remember how far he got in one of the Guitar Center drum offs they did over in the UK. Charlie, you can probably talk to about Morgan Smith because he's from your side with his group. I don't know if you're super into um, kind of experimental rock or anything, but their group's called Black Midi. He is a phenomenal drummer, and they play really strange-sounding music. Um, so their name is based upon a genre, which is called Black Midi, which is kind of like, think of the Black Page... Like like Zappa. Yeah. And, and so black midi is basically, they take like a, a midi keyboard and they shove as many layers as they can over it to where it's black. And you do it to where you almost crash the program. What's how many notes and stuff's going on. So they take that kind of idea and throw that into um, their music. Like they have one tune where it's just like this drone, like bump, da-dum, Bump, da dum. The, the almost the entire tune, and then Morgan's in the back just playing, just boom, k- do. But he'll play around it, like do these weird fives and sevens, mm-hmm. like spurts. But then he plays them broken. He'll come back into it, and the whole band's like locked in when he does this. And the rhythm guitar player is playing his iPhone with a bit from The Jersey Shore. One of the girls <laughs> screaming. through his pedal on his pickup of his guitar, and then they got like more reggae inspired stuff. But he has all these very complicated drum parts. But they're all super tasteful, and he's young. Like it's, and he play, and he sounds like he plays a massive kit, but he plays a one up, one down, crash rod hi hats. Mm-hmm. Um, he did some festival, like a year or two ago, playing those Avidus cymbals. His sound nothing like mine. His are like super crunchy. I don't know what <laughs> it is.
0: Oh, I'm sure they're affected heavily.
1: But he's, but he just plays in. Uh, there's like a joke that runs um, with like in the circuit because he always takes his shirt off because he sweats so much. He was playing like the first tune he'll play and then his shirt comes off. His band did a thing on KEXP and he played, I guess it's part of the thing for like the newer guys. You don't put your, uh, your wing nuts on your cymbal stands. And so he's playing. Gotta be cool, bro. And so he's playing. Do do do, good cha. Do do do, good cha. And the main crash just flies off. <laughs> so you see him like he's like laughing. The other guys in the band are laughing, but they're playing on KXP, which is kind of a serious deal. Yeah. He's like laugh whatever, but he doesn't drop a beat. and He keeps on going, plays everything off just the one ride, and it's and it's great. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean he's. I'll have to show you something later, but he's like he's phenomenal. He's awesome. And there's Lewis Cole. Uh, he's one of the newer guys that's into like the that new style. Of like pop meets jazz.
0: Oh, Louis um, Cole. Yeah, Louis Cole. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I know who you're talking about. He is really good.
1: One of those like kind of like in the same vein as Yeah, yeah, of, yeah. No,
0: he's yeah, he's he. Louis Cole is one of the ones that I would say is upcoming that you really need to watch. There's a lot of choppers out there, and there's a lot of Instagram drummers, but Louis is making music. Like, yeah, you know they all are, but Louis really is. I would say that would be if you want to check out. A newer player that's highly underrated, Louis Cole is so good, and he's
1: um, and he plays more besides his drums too. Like yeah. amazing keyboard player.
0: He's basically, uh, you know, choreographing or composing. A yeah, lot he's, of he's an, yeah, he's yeah, he's
1: amazing arranger too. Arranger, well, that's what yeah, I, you know, yeah,
0: he's really really good. So check out Louis Cole, that's a good one. Um, I'm the my if you if we're talking about stuff that's right now, mm-hmm. the one you told me about, happy. Uh, Amada. Happy Amada. Is it M-A or I-M-A-E-D-A? Yeah. Happy I-M-A-E-D-A. Happy Amada. Really cool drummer. Yeah. Interesting music. The music might not be your taste. It really wasn't my taste, but the drumming is so interesting. And this, because I run the YouTube channel and I love cameras and I love filming, Not only does he have cool music and a really good drummer, his videography and his cinematography is amazing. Like the way he adds stuff to the room in the edit to really make it. I would consider that like art. He's not just making music. He's not just playing drums. He's not just a good drummer. He's really making visual audio visual art. Like you've got the, the whole sonic component which whether you like the music or not, it's still very cool. And then there's a very heavy visual component in all of his videos. I went down a rabbit hole after you told me about him and watched a bunch of that stuff. So happy Amada. I, I just looked it up on Instagram. Yeah. Happy again. i m a e d a i a E D a. And I remember
1: how I found him. It just like popped up in very cool. And I recommended or something and, I saw he has that, he has that same Gretchen that I'm getting. So that's why I, that's why I got it because his sounds so good. Yeah. He's got cool, weird kind of funky kits. And he's got a cool way of playing. And and the, like you said, the that was what really hooked me was you're on him. Then it pans back. He's still playing. But then you got that weird overlay. Yeah. That's like 3D-esque of the people joining him to play. Yeah. It's, it's
0: very cool. Like that's, that's audio visual art to me yeah that's way past drumming or a drumming video or anything like that so check out happy amada and check out um morgan simpson yes um (laughs) Oh, and louis Louis cole louis cole there's you might as well be making a list at this point of stuff you have to be checking out yeah because we got
1: all Because i mean i got a lot of stuff on here but those are kind of my big ones
0: um any more from them
1: let's see uh Char, all we got is Richie says, "Simple Minds, '80s pop group. Don't you forget about me from Breakfast Club." Okay, Uh huh. Uh
0: huh. I didn't. I didn't. I, to be honest with you, I didn't know that's who did that. I play it all the time. Yeah. Weekly.
1: And that's the only
0: come we've gotten. Okay. Since then. Um. Well then, yeah. Then definitely next on your list because we're getting. I mean, we're we're good on time. Yeah. Um. Let's see. I'm gonna just hit a couple
1: at you again. So. One is Mike Borden. He's a drummer for Faith No More. Yeah, yeah. Plays all their tunes. And then and Mike Patton is a very demanding person. And I would I would imagine his vocal range is insane. So I'm pretty sure any of the music he plays in that you have to play with him. Because I know he did just Faith No More. I don't know if he did anything else with him at all. But, I mean, he's on there. Um, Greg Saunier plays for a band called Deerhoof.
0: I've heard that name.
1: They're an extremely technical, very strange band. Um, he's amazing. I got an old school name. I got uh, Gary Johnson. His nickname is Jelly Bean for the time. That's right, Jelly Bean Johnson. Um, and then I got Ronnie Vanucci Jr.
0: Oh, for
2: uh, the Killers.
1: The
0: Killers. Yep. No, man, he. We have to do the killer song sometimes, and they're okay. I'm not a super huge fan, but I've seen all the stuff. Like, there was videos years ago that he did um, talking about something about him hanging out at the local drum store where he lives and talking about I think he used to. No, that's not them. That's the guy for, who's the drummer for Death Cab? Jason uh, McGurr. McGurr, I have him on here, too. He, Jason McGurr did. Okay, so anyway, that, uh, when we talk about him, I'll talk about that story. But you no. Know, the guy from the killer, and he always had didn't the guy from the killers always have those like SJC kits that look like they have ropes, but they don't really have rope. Like they got lugs, but they put ropes in the shell to make it look like it's rope tuned. I think they might have did. that I think form. he, but either way, the point being is he always had like a highly stylized kit, and I want to say they were all SJ, SJC drums, but they would make him like these like oversized wood hoops that would cover the shell and like. Just really cool-looking drums to go with what is basically a really highly stylized band.
1: Yeah, and they have a high production in other live
0: shows. Yes. Um, but I want to say there was a, at some point he had a kit. It was just a regular kit with lugs on it, but they put the ropes from from Sheldon, or from hoop to hoop to make it look like it was a rope tune kit. So he always had like really cool, stylized look to me, as well as being a, a killer player.
1: And he also has a giant gong, too. Sorry, tam tam doesn't have a gong. Because everybody needs one of those. Yeah, there's a massive tam tam. He plays, and also found this cool thing that he does is that on his throne, I'm—he's the only guy I've ever seen do it. You probably have done it in a pinch, but the one of the the Zildjian like thing because he's an endorser for them. He's showing off the avid assembly. He's got sixteen-inch hats, and he plays the twenty and the twenty-two, and he's got all this big stuff. He plays a swish knocker too, of all things—a mm-hmm. big A. But what I thought was really interesting about his setup is that he has a protection racket snare drum case over his throne that he sits on for extra cushion.
0: Oh, so he has that big bully mess. I've never thought of that. Yeah, protection racket or the uh, what's it called? We drum both have seeker. The drum seekers. You could use but in a pinch, I guess. So yeah, if you're. I never thought of that. That's a that's a great. Yeah. That's a great hack. Just
1: turned it inside out, and you see it on the video. He's wearing like a cut off t shirt. He's got the wind blowing, and he has that big white. Fuzzy wool, yeah, over his throne. I'm like, that's a good idea. So there's, I never there's thought a good hack that. for
0: you if your drum throne or the drum throne that's at the gig is sucks, sucks and hurting <laughs> your butt. Take your super wool padded snare drum case or tom case, turn, it inside, turn it inside out and put it on your drum throne. That's a great hack. Yeah, I would have never thought of that. Sweet. And then Jason McGurr, who is Death Cab for Cutie. Yep. Really, I think he he's probably what personifies underrated for me because he can do so much more than that style. Yeah. He worked at a drum store for the early part of his life. So he's really knowledgeable about drums. Um, probably one of the better rounded players I can think of. Yeah. Like Jason McGurr. Sure. Really. And he's, I know he's done other things than death Cab, like other projects. I was at work
1: on break one night and him and these other guys, I'm not quite sure who it was. But it was on like Fox News or something. Had like a little bit, and I recognized him for two things. One, the brick wall in all of his videos, and he has that, you hate that color, and I love it. Oh, it's that, terrible. That green and gray. Drab green. That that two-tone Gretsch kid. I was like, that's Jason McGurr. I was like, oh my gosh. I, I'm at work right now, shoving fried chicken in my face. Looking at Jason and playing. That, that horrible kid. Playing. playing <laughs> shut your mouth. <laughs> he is I a mean, beautiful kid.
0: We, <laughs> <laughs> we disagree. L'Atencion. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, great player, you know, and, and obviously well-versed. in. Because I'm, I'm of the opinion that I think everybody should be well-versed in everything. You should know some of the book. You should know some of the street. You should know about your drums. You should know how to tune your drums. You should know about... You don't have to be a master expert or nerds like we are, but I do think everybody should know. A little bit. What's the difference between a K and an A? Yeah. What's the difference between two-ply and one-ply? What's the difference between maple and birch? Like, you should basically know. um, And there's so much information out there today that, you know, There's. I mean, it's very easy to figure out. Go on YouTube and look up, and there's comparison videos for everything. And he's really good about that. Yeah, great player, multiple styles, knows his drums, knows how to tune. You know, a good, underrated working artist. Yeah. So uh, that's a nice addition to that list. Um, anybody else in our chat that we need to hit? Um, <laughs> uh, Richie's got jokes. Oh, Richie's got jokes. Uh, what you got, Richie? I will ban you from the chat, Richie.
1: So he plays on Sundays. He wears a hat on backwards. Mostly a bass player. But before he goes home, he has to do something. He plays drums for us.
0: Oh, man, you are right. Okay, so (laughs) we'll have to figure out some way to get him to to see this. And we're okay, so what to tell him? It happens just at two hours and seven minutes. Two hours and seven minutes. The most underrated drummer of all time from the Mississippi Gulf Coast known as mg or the musical genius brennan roible mr brennan roible who is a firm believer in that if you are drunk the best way to sober up is to play the drums play the drums so guys i don't know if you knew this magical trick but if you're ever drunk and you feel like you need to sober up apparently according to brennan Royble, <laughs> mg you just need to sit on the drum kit and play, and that will fix just about any problem.
1: Yeah, and also don't forget you have to twirl and throw your sticks. We have to
0: twirl and throw your sticks and not complete the twirl or catch the stick. Yeah. And then you end up with two or three sticks in each hand, and then totally unorganized my stick pouch. Thank you, Brendan. every Sunday. <laughs> Nothing is in its place when we get done.
1: It's just it's like a stick graveyard. Everything's on the ground.
0: I think we gotta stop right there. That is the ultimate in underrated drummers, yeah. is Brennan Royble a.k.a. musical genius, MG, from the Mississippi Gulf Coast, one of the proprietors of the Juke Joint, and every Sunday, master stick twirler and master stick tosser. Oh, yeah. <laughs> with an asterisk behind it. <laughs> 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 that's a good place that's a good place to stop on the mountain any more comments we got to get to before we get um, out of here
1: let's see charlie says abe libroil jr love his playing on yes the no we, we
0: somebody mentioned him earlier uh the deftones and he does a bunch he does a bunch of like side work for artists yeah. um so yeah that's a good one as well
1: um dakota says ha i've been <laughs>
0: <laughs> inside <laughs> joke if you're from here you get it if not Sorry. Just know he's a goofball.
1: Yeah, and then last comments from Charlie Smith says Pro Racket actually makes dedicated fleece seat covers. Nice. I use them both. Use them on both of my thrones. Well, here yeah. I here I was thinking, Venucci is being groundbreaking, and actually,
0: you're being groundbreaking, you're, my friend.
1: This Charlie's got a hold. I'm making us look bad right now. He got the Charlie model gotta, numbers. You, we
0: got to get you to fly over here and just be on the show because. You'll 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 bring up the uh, the research level here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. That's I think that's a good list, and obviously you can go back and listen to all this and get some good ideas on some stuff you might not have heard of. Yep. New drummers, older drummers, but I think uh, I think we can all agree that there is a plethora of really good players that are well balanced, that you know know multiple genres and know enough about their drums to be you know sonically. Pleasant. Yeah. Um, so there's a plethora of, and, and then obviously there's probably a million guys we didn't mention. Yeah. Um, if I, if I really rattled on for another hour, I could just mention 90s band after 90s band that probably only had two hits, but had great drummers. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, if you get a chance to go back and listen and make yourself a little list of all the stuff that we mentioned and the, uh, everybody in the chat mentioned, and you'll probably have a nice little list to go on. And then obviously check out Brendan Royble cause he is the mountaintop of, <laughs> underrated drummers yes he is <laughs> so as usual we thank you all for tuning in with us tonight and do keep in mind that next week it will be monday night at 6 p.m central standard time yep for the live stream for next week because jared has his uh schedule changed and then we'll just kind of deal with your schedule as we figure it out every week um, but we will always come to you live you know, every week we'll get something out there. Jarrett's super tired tonight because he had such a long day of trading drums and selling drums. Oh, and it's fine. Mobile to the Mississippi Gulf Coast and then across the Mississippi Gulf Coast and back here, and then the podcast. And I'm good. There's gonna be another hour of us screwing around here at the house, talking about his hardware, it's looking fine. looking at those symbols. It's gonna be, you know, it doesn't end when the camera shuts off. It I doesn't. promise you. We'll have to play with snare drums and all that crap so as always thank you guys for being here but mainly for weighing in on the chat that's yeah. the best part that's what we we enjoy the most is is you guys and keep in mind Every week, send your pictures or now you can start sending videos to bearded drums at gmail.com or you can get in touch with Jared at the bearded drums Facebook page. Just go to Facebook page or go to Facebook and search bearded drums. And as always, if you only want to hear the audio only versions of these podcasts, we are on Apple Podcasts and Spotify live here some point every week on YouTube. So if you want to hear the audio-only versions, just go to those two platforms. And as usual, we will see you on the next time. Oh, and um, we probably need to figure out this week early what we're going to be talking about. Yeah, um, we'll come up with our um, we'll come up with our uh, most our top-
1: overrated drummers. Oh
0: well, that's that's, that's a uh, hot topic. We'll we'll save we'll 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 save that for later. So, um, from both of us, as usual, thank you, and as usual. We'll see you on the next one. All right. Thanks, guys. We're
2: out of here.